man sees the world through a bizarre kaleidoscope of illogical wonder. Radio <laughs> X. So that's the sort of thing I do to distract you when I say something unacceptable. Russell Brand. <laughs> Ray X. You are listening to Russell Brand's podcast on Radio X. I am Russell Brand. That's how I know that that's definitely not a lie. Hello, you're listening to Desert Island. This is the Joe Rogan podcast. That wasn't enough like Joe Rogan. He sounds like, um, I think he sounds like that wicked actor that's Kenny Logan in Eastbound and Down. For ages, I couldn't not think of him. Who do I mean? Who's Kenny Eastbound Logan. and Down, man? Um, oh, you mean the main guy, Kenny yeah. Powers? Kenny Powers. Um, Danny McBride. Danny McBray, yeah. Uh, like, I, I, I've always, for ages, just thought, that's who that is. And then I went Joe on. Rogan? Until I saw him and, you know. What's it like going on his podcast? It's intense because he is very, he is really clever, Joe Rogan. But also, like, it's, I always like, you know, when people are fighter type people, I'm always yeah. sort of, like, curious about all of that stuff. And it's a sort of, um, it's a super successful and it's its own culture, isn't it? It's like, um, in a way. Excuse me, it's a bit like South Park or something, isn't it? Like, because it's mm. like it's, it's its own. And it's a million. long record, isn't it? Yeah, three hours. Oof. I know. There's points in something like that where you actually, like, when you're in an environment like that, that you, I, I suppose, that that's the advantage of those kind of podcasts is that you f- can't keep up your right managed media persona. No one can do that for three hours. But if, but fortunately, I feel that myself, I'm able to be quite robust in an, a media environment as long as I'm not teased or upset or something he's, he's in the stand-up as well yeah, yeah. so is. i guess you guys communicated on that level talks about that degree. but also though he's mainly what the territory we were in was kind of um you know conspiracy theory and alternative view type stuff i mean he has amazing guests on there doesn't he, he has like so we'll have graham hancock but he's friends with alex jones friends with you know like and but that alex jones is fascinating fascinating like, did you see when he talked about Charlottesville and like, you know, because like, they got a couple of uh, Infowars reporters got a bit yeah. duffed up there. Yeah. And like, but and he showed, like, you know, the bit I saw that he, he Alex Jones do, he showed footage of himself at an anti-clan. He goes, you know, my views on race, you know, my views on racism, racists are idiots. I got no time from him. In fact, here I am at an anti-clan rally. And he showed, you see him like 15 years younger. Going, Get out. You got no place here. <laughs> like at, yeah, at a yeah. Grand Wizard and stuff. Yeah, like you were saying before, Matt, that like people on the right, if that's the correct way to describe it, often their arguments are bolstered because people on the left, if that's the right way to describe it, overly condemn them and twist their words to condemn them further. Yeah. And they're able to go, well, I didn't say that. I didn't do that. It's so obvious that. that the the Trump, what are we calling them? Trumpians? Trumpets. Trumpets. Trumptons. Those sort of people go, see, look, he didn't like, we were talking about Jacob Rees-Mogg saying about no gay marriage, but he actually said in the interview about being a Catholic, right? But that was taken in headline terms to be like, he, I hate gays. And then people look at that and go, well, he didn't actually say that. Mm. And then it actually harms the left. He's amazing. I mean, that thing he said about food banks, well, I think it's a good thing (laughs) because awareness has increased. So That's I think mental, though, isn't it? Yeah, Maybe you is. just like the way he said it. 
I yeah. I mean, you I also do, I think, you do have an affectation for those type of characters. I do yeah, like that. Yeah. I just like that voice. As a matter of fact, obviously the content and politically yeah. against everything. Yeah, so I feel like I feel that voice is somewhere in my head. Not again. Not the content. Not the views. But that. Oh dear. Well, it seems like you got yourself in a dreadful pickle, doesn't it? <laughs> but don't get yourself all caught up, John. It seems mm. to me you don't understand what you're doing. That's okay. It's just have a sit down, a cup of tea, and then we'll start the interview again in five. And he was the prime minister, which they're saying is possible, right? Mm. Imagine that on the glo- oh dear. Oh, well. <laughs> On the global stage. Oh, You're quite welcome to fire a missile. I don't think you'll feel any better. <laughs> <laughs> it would be amazing, actually. Yeah. Maybe that's what we everyone wants. It's like sort of characters, like Boris Johnson, like people just mm. to play a character. Yes, perhaps it's become so confusing, the world. And like because of the sort of technocratic mediocrity has stripped us of our human need to have recognisable figures in public life. So it's like, well, bleeding hell, this Donald Trump's doing something. Yeah, at least <laughs> he's, he's doing colourful. a bit. Yeah, maybe it's that. Maybe it's that. All right, well, we've already done a radio show. Have a listen to it. We'll see you round the back. Yeah, see you round the back. Round the back. Pull your trousers up. Well, there you go. This is... Radio X. Russell Brand. Hello, you're listening to Radio X. <laughs> the Russell Brand show. Oh, and um, Russell is not here at the moment, so... Oh, he went to the toilet. The last thing he said he was going to talk to Owen Jones about socialism. <laughs> and he uh, isn't here. Yeah. But we are here. I'm Mr G, and um, this is the wonderful Matt Morgan. Have we got a running order for the show? Shall I tease what's coming up? Coming up, Russell Brand at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Matt and G. Yay! We'll do that ourselves. Yeah. On today's show, we've got, it says here, 18 minutes of adverts and six songs. Oh, wow, six. Yeah, but listen to this. We've got Dr. Sandra Lee, also known as Dr. Pimple Popper, will be on the show, okay. not in the studio. She'll be uh, on the phone. She's waited up to what time in the morning? Three o'clock in the morning. Right. On our show. Uh, also, we'll be talking to Rob Drummond, a linguistic expert at Manchester University, to talk about the discovery of lost words. Oh, that's my favourite. Goodness, someone's just arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Here he is. You are listening to Russell Brand on Radio oh, X. Just changed. Oh, man. Yes, it was check so it cool. out. It was Let's cool. do this oh, thing. No, All right, here we go. Now you are free. Never now, do that to me again. You, I, I was listening to the wireless in the lavatory, <laughs> and I thought that Radio X's outreach work had gone too far. <laughs> yes, we know that many of the mentally ill, our brothers and sisters with mental health issues, listen to this show and take great solace and comfort from hearing us. But you should never be allowed to participate. <laughs> Not on my watch. Welcome back. We've been away too, too long. Oh, and what adventures we've had. Forever. What voyages we've been on. The things we've seen, the places we've been. Do you remember that song? Won't believe the things I've seen far beyond your wildest dreams. I used to think, oh, it's another song talking to me, talking to me directly. But that not that the point of art? Of course it bloody well isn't. Coming up on the show, we, I mean... I mean we've done that, haven't we? Yeah, we've done that. <laughs> I, I wasn't really listening in the toilet. They have Capital One in the toilet. A very good job they're doing over there, too. <laughs> if this ever gets too much for you, if you fancy a bit of, of, of what... Of what uh, I think it was Rob Newman once referred to. Uh, so a lot of people say they agree with Capital Punishment without realising it's a radio station. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes, old Rob. God love him. So, uh, yeah, here we are. Firstly, I'd like to apologise to Ofcom. Would you, Matthew, like to apologise to Ofcom? Full 
and frank apology. Total well, apology. Total, total apology from Matt Morgan there. Do and you have Mr. to apologise to them or to... I don't know if... Off, no, it's like apologise to anyone who was offended by what we done. But in this instance, it was when we talked to an Elvis impersonator. It got <laughs> out of hand. I mean, you think you're on relatively safe territory when you're talking to an Elvis impersonator, don't you? Because Elvis is no longer with us, God rest his soul. This is just a, a simulacrum, a facsimile, a repetition of the of dear the, the King of Vegas, the King of Rock and Roll. The hip-thrusting, swirling, uh, narcotic, and uh, what do you want to say about the vivacity of Elvis Presley? Like and we're all Elvis Viagra. fans anyway. Yeah. We're all Elvis fans. Mm. So if we've offended Elvis... It was nothing to do with that. No, no, it was sauciness and smut, yeah, wasn't it? Rudeness. And we've so we've been warned. We've been officially warned. So and but so we have are you. Live. Yeah. live now. This is us. I imagine there's some sort of delay. What's the delay, Neil, on, on this? Um, ten seconds. You're listening. <laughs> so what you're hearing now actually happened ten seconds ago. I'm it's looking at clock now. Eleven oh seven fifty-four. Eleven oh seven fifty-six. Eleven oh seven fifty-eight. That's the time. So uh, if you did this scale live, so that this is it. You get me diluted by time. But is time even real? I was thinking about quantum physics just the other day, Matt, and I think I've probably come to solutions that have baffled the finest minds in history in both the fields of physics and uh, theology. They say that until uh, you know, like you know, quantum disentanglement and quantum entanglement. Yes, Stay yes. with me, kids. Like uh, that, uh, you know, like sort of an, an unentangled or a disentangled. Uh, uh, particle will, will, if you reverse its polarity, the previously attached particle's polarity will simultaneously reverse even though it's impossible for this to happen because it's 200 million light years away for that little darling thing. You know, even if it's just over there, even if it's just on the other side of the room, if you're particularly tiny, that can be 200 million light years away. Like, light years isn't a distance, it's a speed. Speed and time. So anyway, my point isn't about speed and travel. It's distance. It's about distance. And it's also about possibility, Matt. Like, the, you know, until like the, the, uh, the particle until observed is spinning in all directions simultaneously. All directions simultaneously. Once, once observed, it chooses a direction and simultaneously... What did you do in that toilet? <laughs> <laughs> well, some of those particles sink to high heaven. <laughs> the whole air is thick with a beige fog of particles. I was uh, thinking you snorted something. No, no, God, no. No, I think it's... An, it, these, uh, if, they, if these particles are in infinite number of directions simultaneously... Then what I think is that uh, within chaos, narr narratives are imposed upon potential chaos continually. Yes. So what that means to me, dear darling Matthew, is that reality is unfolding in the context of chaos. That protect, like that, that chaos, the the need for creation of God was our inability to cope with chaos. Mm. Well, some people like chaos. I am that people. This is Russell Brand live on don't Facebook. Like chaos. <laughs> don't I? No, no, it's been difficult. I took my dog over Wormwood Scrubs the other day. There was um, let's call him a traveller because that's how actually can you what take was. him? What do you mean to the? to the area not of. to the prison yeah the actual the scrubs themselves from which the prison takes its name right. is a preserved piece of parkland in west london beautiful too many species of butterflies many species of my uh, like lovely little mice all over there mm. little little uh, little woodpeckers i wandered around there like st francis you know making friends with the creatures as soon as i arrived there with my bear there was a uh, a man on a pony and trap a traveler cuz like you don't expect to see like and also perhaps not trap even perhaps buggy he was hurtling round them scrubs on a buggy so fast this guy this is early in the morning before I have to go to work down at the theatre to do my Shakespeare you mean being pulled by a horse 
That's right, mate. At high pace. Right. He's hurtling along behind uh, behind the horse at high pace. Uh, bear, I see the man. He's got one of those, you know, like a Kenny out South Park hats or Sherlock Holmes hats. Yeah. Deer Stalker or the more updated, thermalised version of that. He's wearing one of those. He's racing along on that buggy. Bear sees the horse. Bear wants to interact with the horse. And uh, he does interact with the horse, barking and scampering alongside it playfully at its flank. And I think this ain't going to go well. Because as soon as you see someone on a pony and buggy, that's a... Why isn't it a trap? Pony and trap. It could be a pony and trap if you want, mate, but I don't think you go that fast on a trap because like, I don't want you to have the image of the of the, this image of these lads going along at that speed. He's not going. He's, that's not how he's using his pony and trap. It's much more. Give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, he's it. very aggressive on the beast. You know. Why are you saying buggy? Is that because you know? I think that like buggy is what you call it once you start, like, once it's... Because it's, there's no way that it could be used for carriage, either. You couldn't put, like, a it's bunch of racing. suitcases on there. He's hurtling, I think, he, and he's exercising his horse on there, as well he might, because it's common land, and that's the whole point of it, isn't it? Anyway, so each time he does a lap of Wormwood Scrubs, which don't take him that long, because he's going at a fair old whack on this horse, like... Bear then sees him again, and I'm having to work out as he approaches, what do I do with Bear? Sometimes Bear's not close enough to get on a lead. Me and the fella have a confrontation, and he speaks oh, in... Um, he's a traveller, so you know, like, uh, like he's got that sort of quite uh, dense Irish... Or, like, or sort of... Um, do you know, I think it, the use of the adjective thick to describe uh, uh, dense Irish accents is sort of a inadvertent and unconscious condemnation of the accent and... Fitting in with the old stereo. Yeah, you could say a thick Scottish accent. Thick. I'd say a violent <laughs> Scottish accent. That's <laughs> a drunk Scottish accent. <laughs> He's got a drunk Scottish accent. A lazy brummy accent. Like, um, so, it, like, I had a confrontation with him. And when I get into these confrontations in public, I always sort of want to see what's behind the confrontation, whether it's with a farmer in Henley or a traveller in on Wormwood Scrubs. I sort of want to peel back the... Uh, no. I want to peel back the uh, obvious nature, the sort of superficial problem. Yeah. Deconstruct it as it's happening. I do want to deconstruct it as it's happening. And there was a bit where I nearly managed to. It was going, that's a dangerous dog! That is a dangerous... You'll be... You could be put in prison for two years and find £5,000. Sorry, Jenny, we've got an Irish person in the room just to, who was monitoring the standard <laughs> and uh, potential racism of the accent. You could be put in prison for two years and find £5,000 under the... Ray, uh, under the dangerous, not racist dog axe. <laughs> That's going to be my problem. <laughs> yeah, under the dangerous dog axe. I said, I don't think he's a dangerous dog, though, mate. Do you? He's just, he's just annoying. I mean, an annoying dog act. I mean, I'd be right behind you. He should be, he should be impounded on that basis. And he stopped for a moment. He went, "What is he not? Is he not dangerous?" And it's like, <laughs> it made me think that he was willing to talk about the semantics of the word dangerous, because it didn't change what had happened. Like the end. Like what happened happened. Like me questioning the. You know the, whether or not it was dangerous behaviour or yeah. annoying behaviour. He was willing to enter into it. He he put down the the argument for a moment, but then the then Bear attacked his horse again. And, <laughs> and, like, and any momentum. When you say like, attack, gave, like how about like barking and biting? Not biting. I, I'd call it sort of snarling and nuzzling. Snarly nuzzle. I'm with that guy. Yeah, completely. All right, this is hold on. Let me do an impression of the sort of this energy from dog. Sausages, sausages. It's like that. So I think that's annoying. That's what you would like with strippers <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> Let's go. Shut the club. Shut the club. What time does this place close? Um, I don't know. Well. 
I think, uh, he, you know, I'm Bear a, looks scary if you don't know him. Yeah, I'm on the side of the man as well. That's actually the, my point. I don't disagree <laughs> with the man. It was go off on annoying. his little buggy and leave Bear there? I know, because he did. The pace he was moving, he had freedom of the common, to be honest. Why he wouldn't just enjoy himself How all over the place? How did it all resolve itself? It, well, it? every time he'd done another lap, I just tried to make you know, friendly eye contact with him every time he shot round. If you want to join in with this madness, why don't you? At Radio X on Twitter or at Rusty Rockets, that's me, as you know. 83936 if you want to text us and you won't email, I'm not even going to tell you. Oh, no, you do email sometimes. At, uh, Russell no, at Radio X. How many are? messages from the universe? You talk about messages from the universe. How many messages from the universe saying, sort your dog out? Two or three a day. More? Two or three a day. I'm not ignoring them. Two days after my nuptials, I, I whipped off Bear's nut bag. What, and he's still barking at horses? It's awful to whip off a bear's nut bags like that, mate. It's yeah. Noel Fitzpatrick, super, aka super vet. He give me them in a jar. I've got bear's oh nuts in a jar in my yeah. house. Mm. They look like a uh, pickled walnut, veiny vascular brains. Do you think that might be why he's playing up. But he's <laughs> where are they? The mantelpiece. Yeah, I'm wearing them as earrings underneath these headphones. <laughs> <laughs> I look like a saucy pat butcher. <laughs> I mean, it was, um, it was a strange thing. Noel Fitzpatrick, I love Supervet, as you know. After he chopped off Bears and I went, Royd, I'm a... Br oh, God, I can't go five minutes without doing a racist <laughs> Irish accent. <laughs> he goes, I'm obliged by law to give you this speech. Don't drink that formaldehyde. Don't put these on public display and don't eat them. He goes, right, now it's over to you. You can do what you want with them now. I've not looked at them much since. I've just looked at them a couple of times and obviously it makes you feel... Are they in a feeling. bag or are they... No, they've been took out of the bag. They're just like glands. Yeah, they're just a couple of glands. Just mm. a couple of glands full to the brim with squid ink, if you ask my... If you want my opinion. <laughs> Rife with okay. the squid ink. Okay. Hold on a minute. Tweet, tweets. The start of the show, says this fella here, Amy Haycock, our friend, the start of the show was like when Wayne left Garth alone in Wayne's world. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was oh. my favourite bit. <laughs> of course it was. Uh, morning, Russ, Matt and G, says uh, Curious British Telly. The summer sun may be disappearing, but you're keeping our hearts warm. Welcome back, boys. In light of Dr. Sandra Lee being on, who has the best back spots? I assume Matt, says Rachel Gillies. Now, well, I've got none, but I've got one little lump that I think she mm. could get out. Have you now, my friend? Because no, you've got like a little... Oh, you've queued up, Sandra Lee, have you, in your, when you did your intro? Yeah, it's How all did you been done. Out the, you've it done all, all the housekeeping. <laughs> Well I told the listeners that she'd been waiting up till three in the morning in LA or wherever she is. In well done. Well, I'm, I, I'm a fan of Pimple Popper Lady. Me and my wife. Well, you uh, were. I'm revolted by it. No, I like it. I like when you described that bit where you said I don't like it when it worms out and coils. I, I went. <laughs> <laughs> like when it's like a paste and you can see that there's numerous textures, some of I mean, which is almost powder. That's, that's, uh, that means you're, you have a feminine view of uh, grooming. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> My I do not have a feminine view of grooming. You, that, that is like nitpicking, nit which you do. I don't nitpick. Oh, how, when? When did I nitpick? Last Wednesday, 3pm, <laughs> it was 5 past 3. No way. <laughs> Honestly, that is like... Do I nitpick? Women, are, there's a primal thing where women are good at like look mate picking you're getting things into anthropology now and i know about monkeys it's true <clears throat> and i got a shower gel from the mmas event right mm -hmm. i looked at it this morning great event it's about the samurai right and because it's marketed towards men stop making that noise <laughs> sounds <laughs> <laughs> like what's wrong with that voice baby dolphin <laughs> that's all right 
It's uh, it says the samurai always cleaned themselves before battle or something did. on it to make men go. Hey, it's not gay to have a shower, Joe. <laughs> hey, having a shower? I'm like a samurai. I've got to wash my sword. Oh, no, now it's been unsheathed. I've got to use it. I think, no. that, I think that's silly about men who think it's effeminate to, you know, wash, basically. Yes, that's right, because I suppose what the the route through that would be is that wash is care about your appearance, care about your appearance is feminine. But yeah, that's, a, but I like, mean, we've got to throw off these gender shackles, But like exfoliating we? or moisturising and stuff like that... The sort of mm. second wave of, you know, beyond washing. I have a small sister Mercy on the back of my neck. Little sisty, little sistine chapel. Small sis, can't be bigger than a tic-tac. My girlfriend's get wife keeps giving it a little prod now and again. She's, you know, giving it a boost. I think it was the size of a mothball. Now it might be like a tic-tac. Let me see it. Yeah, have a feel of it if you want. It's just below the surface. And I, unless it's that thing in the Matrix where I'm actually Neo and there's a little nodule under the skin to tell. Don't squeeze it, Matt, because it's grown when it's been squeezed. No, look, I'll keep my finger on it and then I'll, you replace my finger with your own. Yeah? Ready? Yeah. Go! Feel it. Oh. <laughs> See? You need to get that checked. Well, I said to Supervet last time I was around his vet lounge, I goes, you can chop it off if you want, Supervet. He said, no. Too deep. No, not too deep. He's yeah. a vet. Vets don't do humans, even though his he's humanimal trust is all about how we're basically the same. No, but did he feel it? He did have a little film. What did he say? Well, after he'd been sick in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's he like a little... He gave me a matter of months to live. It's like a little leather cocoa pop. It's not a leather cocoa pop. The skin is completely unblemished. I, the reason I thought... No, underneath, I mean, underneath. It's weird that I do a podcast called Under the Skin, and what's actually under the skin seems to be a tumour of some description. Now, Dr. Sandra Lee will be coming up uh, in a bit, right? Now, you may not know... Like, I'm not going to trust that Matt's introduction was any good. I reckon you would have got more uh, of an understanding of the upcoming inventory of the show by listening to me in the lavvy wistfully staring at your emails which I will be reading out later many of you very very uh, well sad that we've not been on Chloe from Sydney or Chloe where's the show been? I've been waiting like a potato here for it because you know I rely on you guys to get me through don't let me down I hope you didn't get fired we've not been fired but we have been warned hi Russ Matt and Mr G says another person called Matt it's my brother's 30th on Monday we've been loyal listeners can you give him a shout out on Sunday yeah Daniel Smith Matt oh uh, his boyfriend, Matt's older brother, Daniel Smith, went to school. His boyfriend's Matt's older brother, Daniel Smith, went to school with Matt Morgan. Do you know Daniel Smith, Matt? Smith. But Second he, primary school, maybe. Danny Smith. I remember Danny Smith. They remember. Three brothers, Matthew Smith, Danny Smith, and It'll be them. Else. Well, Must they remember them. the Make Less Noise lady. So, happy oh, birthday, yeah, that is my Simon. School. Yeah. Happy birthday, I Simon. Remember them. Make Less Noise. Unless that noise, make less noise, that's what that woman used we to had say. A, to. We had a dinner lady who went, make less noise. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, Who's your teacher? Who's your teacher? Right, that's she her two was phrases. Irish person as well. God, we're racist. Catholic primary school. Right, come on then. Now, you might be wondering, how is this madness funded? I'll tell you. There's a giddy philanthropist. He's a modern-day Wonka, and he communicates himself through Cadverts. It's Mr. Bradley Advert. Radio X. Russell Brand. Listen to Radio X, see if I care. We are doing radio live. Well, we were ten seconds ago. What we're doing now is as close to live as we're allowed to be, given the circumstances of what we're dealing with. We've been talking to Dr. Sandra Lee, a.k.a. Pimple Popper, in a little bit. Me and my wife sometimes watch those videos of the coiling tubes of inner wonder. Matt, what's this thing you've got on your back you'd like to talk to Dr. Um, Sandra Pimple Popper about? It's just like a little... It's the sort of same thing as yours. It's just a, it's, oh, it's a bit closer to the surface. Sometimes mm. I squeeze it. 
and some stuff comes out. You get some gubbins. What colour is it, my man? Clear as day or dark as night? <laughs> <laughs> Yellow like a fog in a T.S. Eliot poem? Tell me, tell me! Normal white sort of colour. Normal white colour. And the way he equates normalness and white is the problem with Britain and the world today, <laughs> Majesty! I went past that David Cameron's house this morning, swarming with the Armed police. cops, was Armed it? Armed cops and an ambulance on standby. What? Just in case, I suppose. Where is I mean, Cameron's house? We're on house? alert, aren't we? We're on high alert. Where's Cameron's house? Round Ledbrook Grove. Ladbrook Grove. <laughs> Ledbrook Grove, that's right, sir. Ledbrook Grove. <laughs> Ledbrook Grove, mister. Mr. Uh, Cameron. <laughs> Mr. Um, Cameron, I'll put it to you. I'll give you a shoe shine, sir. They have to guard Prime Everyone. Minister, ex-Prime Minister yeah, for, for the rest ages. of their life. Yeah. For the rest of their life. Blair, you right. can understand. But no, Gordon Brown, he's got to be all oh, right. Oh, good fashion. They let her wander around. I know. I caught her in a rose garden once. Post boxes and stuff. I see her in a rose garden. Yeah. She walked into a Which charity I never shop. Promised her. When she was, uh, she when she had dementia, mm. she went into a charity shop and was like, oh, "Everything's so cheap and beautiful." Oh, that makes me feel sorry for her. There's no point in being mean to everyone, is there? <laughs> I think love is the answer. You know that for sure. I've been um, working very, very hard these last few days on my series of Shakespeare monologues, interspersed with my opinions for what they're worth, and I'd say a pretty penny. Like I do a Shakespeare monologue, and I go, oh, "I reckon this most likely means that, don't it?" You know, like analysing. What do you stuff. mean you do it? Where? I'd be doing it at the National Theatre, God willing, but I'm doing the practice oh. exercises down in a rehearsal space, or it's called a development space, in Waterloo. And that's where I've been lately, learning them. One, a fella called Launce, who talks about his dog in Two Gentlemen of Verona. One, Richard II, in his police cell, going mad, saying how his, his world is only populated by soliloquies. sports. All soliloquies, except to do one duologue with Caliban, and I'm going to have to pull people out of the audience to do bits. Jenny May Finney has been helping us find an audience, because like, if you're practising something, you've got to find the optimum audience number. If you have too many, I'll show off too much, and I won't learn anything. If you have too few, there's that horrible feeling, you know, like if you have to talk to 18 people yeah. and you can see their individual faces and expressions and perhaps they'll be like you are now Matt folded arms <laughs> <laughs> smiling patronisingly <laughs> you know while I sort of, sort of um, wriggle my way through the words of the bard and so yeah I'm doing that anyway a thing happened to me and this is that thing I saw Sam West Sam West is the son of Timothy West, the great English actor, and the uh, amazing Prunella Scales, of course, Sybil Forty. You right. see him on that Bard show. I see him, and I goes, "That's Sam West, right?" Like that's this is this is my brain, right? I'll play the part of my own brain. That's Sam West. Say something nice to Sam West, okay? So what I done was I thought, what nice thing can I say to Sam West? <laughs> Compliment him on one of his many successful film roles. I thought. So I thought, right? So the brain goes to work and it finds the film The Big Short. Right. right, so yeah. I go, I really much, very much enjoyed you in the big short. And he goes, bless you. And I thought, I didn't like that bless you much, and I don't think that it's as what I wanted in return. You know how when you're talking to other oh, people, God. you're really, you're giving them a script, aren't you? You know, you talk to your wife, you sort of think, well, hopefully she'll say something like this back. You talk to a person on the street, hopefully they'll give you a bit of approval. Who knows? You know, I'm always sort of anticipating what? people's response. So you go up to your wife and go, you look nice today. Well. She goes, oh, thank you. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Nine! Do you mean that? <laughs> Come on! <laughs> what do you say next? <laughs> you are impossible. Look at my new testy earrings! <laughs> when were you going to comment? <laughs> my fluffy dog nuts! <laughs> yeah, go on. So what happened? He just went, bliss you, in a way that I thought, he's trying to be nice there, but it's mixed in with something. That's what, what you say when someone sneezes, <laughs> so he took your compliment at the level of snot. 
He didn't take it at the level of snot. He took it... At, I think what he was saying is, I appreciate what you're saying, but there's something very wrong. And a, a little investigation realised... He wasn't that in that film. He's not in the big short, but I'll tell you who is in the big short is Ralph Spall. Tim Spool's son. Uh, so, like, what I done there is I indicated to him, oh, I, do you know what category I see you in, my man? Sons of famous people. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a category in my mind called the sons of famous people category, oh, and you're in there. That is literally the non-racist version of saying to, uh, like, well, saying... Don't say the racist version. No, well, I'm not racist, so I'm going to be cool, I think. I'm like, not dangerously racist. But imagine you say to... Ofcom? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the way hovered at the, hovering at the button. No, well, this actually happened recently. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson got a compliment for a film that Denzel Washington was in. Oh, right, but I suppose yeah. that's much no, Fish, more... That was Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, come on, mate. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> come on, mate. Booyah. What's the difference? What's the difference? <laughs> Who cares? Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, but that, hold on. But my proved. thing's a memory thing, and you know, it's a memory test. It's a memory but test. But they actually... I didn't see either of the films. I don't know what they're referring to. Good for him to. for not going, I wasn't in that film. What you're referring to is Ralph Spool. Yeah, and what you're obviously thinking is that I don't deserve to be famous. <laughs> I'm only famous like <laughs> our other famous people's children probably as a result of our famous parents. He thought that in bed that night. But I don't think that. I do like everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, you know, so it just shows how wrong he is in his mind. But you can't go around through life, can you, anticipating what people might be thinking. What would you do if someone came up to you and went, oh, I liked you in that thing and you weren't in it? Who is it they're mistaking me for? Say they're mistaken me for Johnny Depp, I don't mind. What if they're mistaken me for Justin Lee Collins? I mind a bit. What if they're mistaken me for Jack the Ripper? Ooh. Like, I don't know, like me, sort of like... Well, someone's come up and go, I like those murders you did <laughs> in the 1800s. Funny thing about those. Now, what it was... Bless you. I, I'm <laughs> I was trying to morally cleanse... The capital. Now, I was a bit off-key, in a way, because I was just murdering poor women that were... Reduced. I was just practising on them. I was going to work up to high society, but they ruined it. <laughs> it was going to be a giddy spree, ending with Her Majesty Queen Victoria's head on a pike staff. But the bloody bobbies, see? The peelers, they done for me. But I'll never surrender. Now, if you followed that, <laughs> go and see a psychiatrist. And if you didn't follow that, we've got some wonderful content coming up for you now. You might like Pimple Popper, because I like Pimple Popper. It's Dr. Pimple Popper. To, to you. you. <laughs> you might like to go on to YouTube, and what you might do is you might like to see gubbins getting squeezed out of wasp names. You might like to see the sweet, sweet ooze oh, of no. success. You might to see the old pustules in the mustules. Well, there's a doctor here who's an expert in that. Dr. Sandra Lee, she's on the phone. I'm going to say at, hello at her ears now. Hello, doctor, are you there? Yes, hi. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for staying up so late, and thank you for being uh, disarmingly attractive in your photograph. So uh -huh. we, we always, my wife and I, we watch you, you pimple popping. How did you get from, cos, uh, from, your, uh, from dermatology into the, into the pus game? <laughs> you know, I ask myself that all the time. I, I didn't think that my life I'd be called Dr. Pimple Popper. I'd be known for popping pimples, but it just happened. It was it was like almost three years ago that I started posting on a, you know, a, a business Instagram page, and I just posted a blackhead extraction, and I noticed then I got an increase in likes, and so I thought, what is this? Is this, is this actually a thing? Mm. I posted another one. I got more. Mm. I got more attention, and it just has grown from there. I mean, now it's crazy. We have uh, one and a half billion views on YouTube over the last, you know, less than three years. 
And just to put that into context, that's more views than Jesus has had. Now, I, I myself really like it. I like, yeah. It's very, very satisfying. Do you yourself, Dr. Sandra, have the appetite when you're, like, say you're cutting into a carbuncle... Do you, is there an increase in salivation or anything like that? Um, no, actually, I call myself a born-again popaholic because oh. I, I do not, I, I'm not somebody who has to pin other people down and squeeze the zits on their back or, you know, I don't stare at the back of somebody's head in line at the grocery store, you know, thinking I want to pop that zit. Mm. But um, I know now that people love it. There are people who watch these videos to relax. They watch them before bed. They watch them to decrease panic attacks. To uh, you know, it, it's something that like really makes a lot of people happy. So I really kind of learned to choreograph them. You know, to make them really like like there, there's dr- drama to them. You know, I think mm. that there's a sort of a begin you know a beginning a middle and an end and i mean mm. there's just clearing of something that is not supposed to be there wow. and so it, it, it's fun now i think doctor what you've put your finger on there if i may be so bold is that that there is a there is theater to the process of a pimple popping that there is the restrained bad energy maybe it's like the beginning of richard the third or the beginning of hamlet more pertinently that there is something is very wrong in the state of denmark something needs to be squeezed yeah. out you've got to get the that thing out and that climactic moment of seeing it ooze out and then i particularly enjoy too the moment where you see the excavated hole uh, a wet web yeah. of cells. You are a true papaholic. You do like this stuff. I can see that. Yes, well, I, it was my wife that got me into it. It's what we do instead of making love. Is, uh, <laughs> we like to... well, that's, I was just thinking, it's got a non-sexual porn element. There's a it money has. shot. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's yeah. an intimate thing. People yes. call it simple porn. They yeah. do. Because, and, and I think you yourself said, and you are the expert, Doc, like that it follows a formula that has a resonance to it, has a recognised resonance and also yeah, and must... it's fascinating to me it really is it, it's just so interesting to me that it's grown to this level that we've brought all these people out of the closet essentially people who really like this i mean in the past people would say that they would you know they would hide that they liked pimple popping and now i think it's like out in the open and people are it's so funny when you read the comment section in my on my youtube channel because people are so happy they found other people that feel the same way and Have you ever thought of putting on perhaps a festival where people, appreciators of pimples, could come together and perhaps tearily uh, from the sta- stage I talk ha- about that? Yes, I mean, I want to, I, I, I want to like have an RV and, and, and travel across the nation and have it be like a Dr. Pimple Popper pop-up. Ooh, you know, yeah. have people come by and just <laughs> put, a, put a big TV up, up and like show what's going on inside the RV. <laughs> what do you think's your best hit? You know, I mean, not necessarily based on the success of uh, views on YouTube yeah. or whatever, but what do you think? Now, this was the classic spot. This has all the elements. This is it. Yeah, uh, well, it has to have, you have to be interested in the people, too. And I think that that's one of the things that I, I try to show why I really love dermatology is because of the wonderful people that I meet. And I try to make it sort of, you don't know who this person is, you never see their face, but you kind of listen to them and you hear their story or you hear, you know, interesting things about them and it makes you like them. That's and I think there's one in particular, you know, there's something called a dilated pore of whiner. And what it essentially is is a giant blackhead. And this is a giant blackhead, kind of like a black, a black chicken, a kitchen plug, you know, that you have in your sink. Oh, yes. And it was on a woman's back. And when you pull them out and they come out in their entirety, 
and leave a large gaping, leave a large hole that is not, there's no blood or anything because it's like this thing was pushed into your skin. A gentle you know, and it's sitting there for years and, um, and it's amazing. And she's hilarious. She's like, I, I said, have you, have you seen this before? How it's do we find back. that one? Because that sounds like... Oh, I think if you go and you go like to the, if you go down to the section that says the most watched, I think mm. it's number one. I think it's got 29 million views. Now, it sounds to me like, like you salivated a little bit there, Doc, <laughs> at the memory. I heard you swallow it. I heard you swallow You know what's down. funny is when people send me, people send me things now because they think that I love to watch this stuff, and mm. I cannot look at anybody else's pimple popping. If oh, somebody it, wants to send me a horse abscess or, uh, you know, like a huge, like, um, you know, cellulitis on their leg or something, I cannot even look at it. What's that? I, I don't want right. to look at so it. Right, so you're like, you only like it if you're in control. So that's um, a, yeah, that's yeah. An interesting psychology because you, when you said that you're caring about the people, I thought, oh no, I don't care about the people. Yeah. They're just a canvas. I just want to see the spot. <laughs> I just want the fruits. The fruits. <laughs> I think. Um, no, I think that what you know, what's in, you know what happened actually in the beginning. What really kind of um, made it pick up was there's a there's a gentleman we call Pops, and he has the best blackheads ever huge blackheads on his nose but actually what happened was that when i was popping these blackheads you know putting it on video he was telling the story of how he's lost his wife and he had to move into a a um a, a, a senior living facility and he was really upset about that and he was in financial distress and we started a gofundme account and he people around the world donated fourteen thousand dollars to him he made money from his from pimples. his black his, his blackheads actually what were I mean, an access point to people's it's like kindness. farming on yourself. You're farming <coughs> your own pores. What were you going to ask, Mr. Matt? I was going <laughs> to... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask Dr. Bimblebobber if... Uh, has anything ever gone in your eye? <laughs> oh. um, yes. Yes. Thank God nothing's got, got, gone to my mouth. That is the worst. Ooh. I definitely wear a splash oh, screen worse, though, isn't it? You're much more infection. often. You wear yeah, a splash yeah, I mean, screen. Yes, I wear a splash screen. Yes, yes, I do. Is there um, a uh, because things have definitely splashed. In fact, last week something almost splashed, a cyst almost splashed into the patient's own mouth. But oh, they, no. Good. At least That's it was them. It was from them. It wasn't somebody else. You could make them sniff it like a dog. Do you smell yeah. that? That's what you've done. Your dirty gummies. Yeah, it's, it's actually terrible when it gets in your hair because it does ruin your day. Oh, you, can, wow. you know when you get you know when you're near a fire, a campfire, and it gets the smoke gets in your hair and you smell it every every return yeah, you take. Yeah, yeah, like never that. goes away yeah. for ages. Yeah, and my yes, dog he once rubbed in a load of fertilizer and he smelled of it for ages and ages. And then it's Proustian, <laughs> the Proustian echo of stink. It, it stitches back to yeah. that moment in time. So sometimes what you'll be out. Because uh, you're obviously, as we've mentioned before, you're a glamorous-looking woman. You'll be at some event, perhaps covered in sequins, wearing a diamond brooch, and you'll toss uh -huh. your hair over your shoulder, perhaps on sighting an another doctor with whom you're about to flirt, and the whiff of someone's carbuncle will go up your ooter. Is that what happens, Doc? <laughs> Um, thank goodness it washes away with a shower because that would truly be terrible. I don't think I would be able to continue with this if, if I smelled of it. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 that would be terrible. You don't want to go around stinking of that madness. My God, it's absolutely no. fascinating. Now, can I ask, and will you answer carefully, is there a sexual component to this? What is it resourced by? Do you think, uh, do you get uh, pervert letters? And all that no, kind of actually, I don't, so I hope they don't What's start now. What's your address? But... <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? It's not a fetish. I think that sometimes some people who don't see it or don't watch it, they, they think that. And I think um, it, it's not. It's like a, um, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's like it's a catharsis. satisfaction. It makes you feel, it just makes you feel good. 
Yeah, I certainly don't think it's, it it's not arousing. No, it's not arousing. It divides people. It's, I'm it sure does. there's people of everything that, that, that they're aroused by every, everything. So yeah. look at this. Someone here says, "Green froggy face." Says, "I'm having to turn off before I throw up." Even talking about <laughs> popping pimples is too much for me. But then another person says, "Connor called Connor Daryl." Hi, walnut heads. Please tell Dr. Lee I love her. So we we've passed that on now. Yeah. So I some mean, people are. Re it does divide people very much. Perhaps the world can be divided into people that like seeing pimples and those that don't. It's very but good. I think that, too, it crosses all barriers. It crosses races, you know, both sexes. Like, every, we have popaholics all around the world. I say I that festival is a good idea, Doctor. I think you could be bringing people together. I think you should be doing... <laughs> doing stadiums. Yeah, on stadiums on the Gaza Strip, bringing people together, uniting religions and creeds. Is right. When you say... Can, can I ask you a question, too? Yeah, do you, go on. Do you like all the kind of pimple popping that we have there? Do you know that it goes from the very mild, like blackheads and whiteheads, but then to, you know, the waterfall abscesses and things like that? Oh. I don't you know, know about waterfall <laughs> abscess, but I'm, I'm much more... I like ones... I do like a Michael Bay blockbuster as opposed to a Paul Thomas uh -huh. Anderson sort of masterpiece. <laughs> I like I like it like, whoa! I like sort of ones yeah. that have got real, you know... So you like eruptions, though, you know? I love eruptions. I think that we also have... Yes, okay, because we have lipomas, too. I don't know if you've seen those. Those are these globules of fat. They look like, you know, chicken tenders or, uh, or, or a chicken breast under your skin, and it pops out. Have you seen the one that's the size of a grapefruit behind the man's neck? She loves neck? it. Like, she reckons uh, she doesn't love yeah. it. She does oh, love it. She's loving it. It's, it's my life now. It's my life. <laughs> it's my <laughs> life, guys. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, we're all into it. This is true. I mean, some of the people in the studio... Is, is, it, is it more, honestly, is it more women than men, though? Yes, I, it is. I, yeah. It's seventy-five percent women. Um, a lot of like estheticians and beauticians, and um, <laughs> I don't know, like tattoo artists. Maybe it's like a rebellious. They're they're proud to. We have a lot of celebrities that follow us too. Go on, who like? like who from the world of uh, the glitterati can we um, point out as people uh, like, pop fans? Uh, like uh, people that are uh, like Chrissy Teigen, like mm. Sansa Stark. Saucy. Um, you can uh, put me see. down. Oh, as a I, fan. I got I'll tell to you see. Pardon me? Well, I love it. I mean, I, I think I yeah. think what you're doing out there is it's you're presenting something that before dwelt only in the deep anthropological roots of our species. It was Matt that said right. that it's connected with grooming, right. but grooming is a right. peculiar and amorphous world. Yeah. Right down to the yeah, primates. It, like right, a, very, right. a, a very efficient chimp would wrap itself around your waist and be at your shoulders, <laughs> snuffling away <laughs> at those. Yes. What was that one? Waterfall abscesses. That's one of that. That's uh, waterfall. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it, it, well, we put it to music, too, like that, that, that TLC song, Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls. <laughs> You're a maniac. Yeah, we, we You're an absolute maniac. Like <laughs> makes, you know what I'm trying to do? I'm making it entertaining but educational, too. I mean, there's a fine line that I, that I want to walk because really the most important to me is preserving my patients' privacy and also treating them with respect. I well, mean, they're they're the tea went out of the water. I think when, when TLC was cascading yeah. over their <laughs> No, it really, it, it really, it, it doesn't. I think it pays homage to their, to their abscess. This is a really. tribute to your abscess. Don't yes. go chasing more for you. Yes, I, have to, to, uh, I will try to send that to you. Your Instagram, you'll see it. It's quite, it's quite spectacular. We'll it's check it out. Dr. Sandra, thank you for staying up late. Thank you thank for you. pioneering into territories uh, cutaneously that we would elsewise not have understood. Thanks for being so articulate and such okay. a Okay, and if you ever guest. get a pimple, a big pimple, you know, you know, you know who's got their name on it, right?
Yes, I certainly eh? do. <laughs> okay. Many, many people. And doctor, I'm, go- like, I'm going to be in Los Angeles relatively soon. Get I'll that be... thing on your neck done. Well, do, I think it might be a cyst. Do you I think do it's cysts? too deep. She'd have to cut it out. Yeah, we do plenty of cysts all do day, it. every day. I've never I'll done do it without, without, uh, without anesthetic. I would like to join no, in. No, like no. To... no, no. No, you have oh, a local anesthetic. I have to do that. It's so nice to have anesthesia. I make sure everybody is comfortable. Oh, I mean, my God. joke, my second name is Painlessly. That's my second name. Painlessly. Oh, yeah, right. This is brilliant. Yeah. Well, we'll be coming to you. <laughs> I want to be chopped to bloody ribbons. I would love it. Maybe, I'll have, maybe someone will let you squeeze their cyst, you know? Oh, I'll be like a bit of Swiss Don't cheese when I leave. Don't let him in there. Oh, yeah, let me in. I'll have a dabble. Off. I'll bring me gloves. <laughs> I'll bring Thank me gardening you. gloves. I'll be getting into your little back heels. <laughs> okay, well, Dr. Sandra, <laughs> thank you so much. That was an amazing conversation. Oh, thank it's, you. I didn't think there were any more mountains for us to climb in the world of broadcast, but here we are at the peak of a new Everest. Okay. Cheers, Doctor. Thank we'll you. check out that kitchen sink one. You'll love it. I'll tell you. We'll check it. We'll check I it. Just watch that. And okay. That was, it was, yeah. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye, mate. See ya. Ta-da. Insane. What? Well, you really like a plug. up there. No, come no, on. If anyone showed anyone up there, or is it you me? showed up yourself and you've let down Radio X. Hold up. I've mentioned T.S. Eliot. I've mentioned Shakespeare. No one can complain about the literary references. Sexualised it. We'd already, the sexual thing had already come up. Had I it? talked about porn, right? I put my hands up. <laughs> <laughs> For once. And later on, you went, is, is there a sexual element? We'd already covered that. So desperate to talk about sex. <laughs> What's wrong with me, Matthew? Is there any doctors that can help me with my muddled mind? There is. And here he is. With Sky Broadband Superfast, you get reliable broadband here. <laughs> Smells good. There. Morning. <laughs> and everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. Get guaranteed Wi-Fi in every room or money back with Sky Broadband Superfast. So reliable, it's minion-proof. Sky. Believe in better. Requires Sky Broadband Boost and Sky Kit in fibre areas only. Speeds vary by location. Minimum 3 megabits or refund on boost component of subscription paid during current minimum term up to date of claims. See sky.com slash guarantee. Russell Brand. This is Radio X. Nana's magic soup. <laughs> Not on your Nelly. Been down that road many's the time. Ah, Majesty, your late father and I, sometimes of a wintry evening, having supped on Nana's magic soup, would wander out into the car park of World of Leather, and then hammering on the pane of glass, demand the attention of the duty manager, regardless of the shift. Once inside, we'd grab hold of Warren Nesbitt, for that was his name, and reaching in the to the inside of his shirt, pinch his gland until squid ink flowed freely, Majesty. Ream after ream of squid ink, discolouring the milk of life with its cloudy wonder, then taking his member twixt thumb and forefinger, giggling like girls, we would file down the tip of his member, revealing a cross section, a honeycomb of cells, within each cell a watery little larvae, when each you... one giggling like a. <laughs> yes, yes. When you read this back from Ofcom, <laughs> you'll realise how weird it is. Exactly. He said, and then, then the <clears throat> presenter, the host, Mr. Brand, brackets, continues <laughs> to describe a honeycomb of cells with larvae in them. Uh, this, bearing in mind that this was at 10 to 12 on a Sunday morning, hard to think that's appropriate behaviour. Neil, make me the point of contact uh, exclusively, if you don't mind that, from now to the rest of your life. Thank you very much. Uh, well, not the rest of your life. You only do this show uh, for one hour a week, two hours a week, two hours a week just for those bits of time. There's an email about the Emery board. Where? In the pile of emails. Why do you do it? Why do you do this Emery board thing? Nikki Blair says, 
Oh, Russ, I'm heading to New York with my girlfriend in a couple of weeks. Since we're Scottish, we applied for free tickets to be in the audience for a few chat shows, just randomly. I got an email the other day saying I got tickets to attend The View. I was extremely excited to find out that the guest that day will be none other than the skin-pinching, Easter bunny-playing superstar, Mr. Russell Brand. Is that how they sold me? So my question is, what can I expect? How fun will it be on 1 to 10? I'm enthused, Nikki Blair. It will be fun. I'll be in New York promoting that book that I've written. Matt says it's a good book. It's a good book. There he is saying it. Recovery. Yeah, that book I've done. Recovery. is coming out soon. I'm so under a lot of pressure. You've got to do an international book tour. I'm doing an international book tour. I'll be in New York. I'll be in Los Angeles. I'm going on Jonathan Ross this week. I think I'm going on Loose Ladies in the middle of the week. Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. get nervous for chat shows or not? A bit, yeah. A bit. Because I don't know who else is on them. Like, Loose loose yeah. Women, like that, that, they bring in different people. It's a carousel of, of women, in it, that go, yeah. they're on there. Sometimes I think it's Katie Price. Isn't it? Yeah. She'll be on there, possibly. So that's going to be weird, isn't it? Why? Well, just on one, being in daytime television, Katie Price, the feeling of being in a studio, talking about my book. Well, recovery. I mean, yeah, no, it's weird. I thought you meant specifically <coughs> with her. No, yeah. All right, yeah, no. Gone on. <laughs> <laughs> I've only met her a few times. I like her. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's been none of that. There's been none of that. Hi, Russell, you kinky sex pot, says Daz and Belle in Congleton, which isn't even really a place. Uh, your bunch of spunky Lothario sidekicks. They're, they're saying hello to you guys as well. Spunky Lotharios, you've been down. I'll dulled. take that. All right. Last weekend, Huey Morgan played a song by Fold, Making America Great. And he, he means you out of fun loving criminals, you Morgan. Morgan. So here, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and that meme receives on listening to Radio 6 Music. Well, who playing song by Fold? And listen to this. I noticed the smooth, mellow tone of the one and only Mr. G. Great yeah. track. Yeah, what are got, you doing? We've got a track coming out next. Who's we? What do you mean, we? Me. Who's this we? I've got other stuff to do other than pop pimples with you guys, man. <laughs> what are you up to? What do you mean? No, just, um... <clears throat> We, I, I wrote, a, wrote a poem that kind of like uh, it addresses the the Charlotte situation, Charlottesville situation, mm -hmm. all right? And you know Donald Trump's phrase, "Making America Great." Yes. Yes. Or oh, let's make nice phrase, great. nice phrase. So it kind of it kind of takes another look at the phrase of different things that make America great. Who's way? There's a group called Fold from Leeds with Huey Morgan in them. And are you in it? I'm, Are you Huey I'm Morgan? We're in a band. From Leeds. He's going to band. <laughs> Why don't we band. know this? I've known him f since I was 20. What's they know going about on? Fredo Frog problem? <laughs> <laughs> they can't take That's him the on the road. tear a band apart. <laughs> It'll ruin it. I remember when this used to be about the music, not just Freddie Bloody Frogs. <laughs> Huey Morgan crying his eyes out. He won't be laughing about Scooby Snacks then. Let me tell you, once he sees the depths of your addiction, my man. Oh, God. That is doomed to fail, G. That's, this is why I don't bring these things up. You know? <laughs> Doomed to fail. <laughs> Fold. Pay it no mind. But someone else says, why doesn't Mr. G have his own appreciation society? Andy here says, Matt G, I've been a fan since 2007. It's helped me through my depression. I suffered a stroke which left me with epilepsy. Could have been oh, a lot worse. Yeah. Good attitude. Good attitude, mate. Imagine having a stroke, then epilepsy, and then just saying it could have been worse. Well done, Andy. Thanks for bringing so much joy. Also, thank you to Matt, who took the time to reply to a message I sent him on Instagram. This sounds uncommonly caring from Matt Morgan. <laughs> That's not like you. What happened? Where were you? There's a train late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very nice on Instagram, actually. Although I'm get, I've got so many messages. Mm. There was a bloke who wanted to. Do you remember that bloke who was going to train me 
to become really strong. Yeah. And you, potentially. We can train us, train us. I want to do it, but I've lost it in my messages. Tr get back in touch with Matt. Get back He's in touch. Yeah. Matt but no, I'm sorry, I, have, I do reply, and I do give people great strength <laughs> through Instagram, <laughs> but sometimes I, I've got a bit snowed under with it now. Have you? I might have to stop giving, I might no, just give No, you've got to stick at it, you've got to keep going. Stick at it, Matt, stick oh, at it, Matt, don't lose okay. the enthusiasm. I do remember him, and he's a strong person. Andy, there you go. That's more love. You're getting it. And he, Andy says that G needs his own appreciation society. I, believe, I think that's part of the epilepsy. That. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think. That's one of his outbursts. <laughs> oh dear, Andy, it's getting very bad. <laughs> very bad. You're ranting, Andy. Could it be worse, Andy. Could really? it? Coming out with stuff like that. You poor, poor man, demanding an appreciation society for a man who's in a secret band <laughs> with a New Yorker and some lads from Yorkshire. What's going on, the Fredo Scoff? Right. Okay. <clears throat> secret life, is it, G? <laughs> Here we go. I'll tell you secret life. I've got a secret life. I know all about Ira Aldridge, who was the first black man to play Othello in the old days. If you want to learn more about Ira Aldridge, the first black man to play Othello in the old days. How you, old days? You're all very old these days, Matt. Must have been ages ago now. 18, something or another. Oh, right. Proper old. Well, that's well not. old. When was Shakespeare? 15, something or another. Late oh, 15s. 300 years to get a real black actor. Lazy, isn't it? Mind you, the blokes are playing women. I mean, things move slow in them days, mate. Yeah. So, uh, what I think is, anyway, uh, this bloke who's been teaching me the meaning of Shakespeare, he's putting on a production. His name's Tony. Tony the Man. Tony the Man's putting a production at the Globe about this Ira Aldridge because at that point people were still campaigning to end slavery and there were all sorts of economic interests in not ending slavery. Yes, of course, obviously the slave trade, but also people that had plantations and that. You know, they were going, oh, hold on a second, we're making a pretty penny. So sometimes this Ira Aldridge, as well as being a top actor, was going, no, no, there's ways you can still get your sugar without the necessity. And in fact, that print, uh, Are Thou Not My Brother or whatever, of a slave in chains, he's a very sort of am, famous... Am I not a man and a brother? Yeah. Yeah, that, that. He was, uh, like, he pushed that right out there. So this Ira Aldridge, he's well important, apparently. So if you want to yeah, learn... The way you brought it up earlier to change... Have you ever heard of Ira Aldridge? No. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Call yourself a knowledgeable and literate gentleman of colour. Well, throw this in your face, sir. Well, no, because I was also, as well as G being, of course, a black person, he's also a man of the arts and a poet. So I thought, well, it's the sort of thing we should be supporting. So it's at the Globe Tuesday. Go put that in there. Ira Aldridge. Learn about it. I was fascinated to learn that, like, hundreds of years ago, like that, the same economic problems, the same concealed narratives were being exposed, and that, that someone that's an artist can make a real difference whether it's Ira Aldridge or me. Yeah. I knew it. You see, it always <laughs> comes back. It always comes back. So when's your Shakespeare right? show on? Old Russ's Shakespeare show coming to the National Theatre pretty soon and some say the acting is not that bad. And yeah, we're, we're, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be You're good. not doing an Othello one then. He's doing Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been tough, isn't it, for us, the black community. We've been through it. Bloody heck. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I'm not going to, I wouldn't do Othello. I think, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Still can't be right, can it? In this day and age, can it? Can it possibly? I don't know, I'll give it a whirl. Let's try. Yes, I'm... You like you're doing Hamlet? Doing a bit of Hamlet, doing a bit of Henry V, that proper bombastic speech. But it's just really good doing it. I'll if you, we're all human, you could be, like, we're all... all yeah. It's a human experience. You're, you're not a king, you're not a Dane. You could be a fellow. You could be a fellow. 
Yeah, why not, actually? It's a good point, because I suppose the, the context of Shakespeare is continually changing, but what it's almost like, from studying it this week, here's my trumped-up opinion. Uh, like Studying it this week for a week. <laughs> <laughs> There's this, the bloke who I'm doing it with, Ian Rickson, he's a very great director, he's directed yeah. Jerusalem and yeah, loads yeah, of stuff like great. that. And, like, he brought in a proper expert, this guy Tony, and I only even got as far as learning Tony's what, uh, what point, an hour in, when he went, oh, my God, get that Tony guy, get the expert. I'm <laughs> <laughs> first thing I've done when Tony sat down is obviously I gave Tony, well, I reckon it's about this, isn't it, Tony? And all this. Tony had read, reread all of Shakespeare in preparation for this week. <laughs> what? His, his preparation for this thing is more than I've ever done. And that was on the bait, and he's already on, the professor meeting, at Warwick. And then you told him. That's about right. this, isn't it, really? I'll tell you what it's it is, all pal. It's hidden narratives. <laughs> if you look at, uh, you know, like genetics and the yeah. molecules and stuff, Tone. Tone, <laughs> yeah, have a look at this little sparkle. I bought me own tights, mate. Yeah, Tone, we'll use this grapefruit as a skull, draw a face on it, I'll stick these leggings it's modern, on. It's modern, innit? Yeah. Right. Now, that's right. It's all life. about sex, innit, Tone? <laughs> I'm talking about... What have you got to... down there, Tone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're packing it in, Tone. <laughs> yeah, let's have a jingle jangle on that. There <laughs> you go, ring my bell so listen what I said to, well I'll tell you what I said to Tone I goes Shakespeare's a bit like a religion really it has such diversity and limitless possibility in it <laughs> it is he nope, I just reread it nope no it doesn't he Shit. reckons nope. <laughs> Here comes a man that's the Shakespeare of our time with a little play what he has done it's called a blooming answer this is Radio X. Russell Brand. The Stone Roses, the Stone Roses, the Stone Roses that we were listening to just then. Waterfall. I wonder if that's in reference to the abscess waterfalls that dear Dr. Pimple Popper was describing so articulately. That's another one. She could do a compilation mm. to that, couldn't she? Could she? She could. She could do what she likes. We're not in control. Was that chosen or was that just another little that's chosen by generating... A machine. Happy coincidence. Happy coincidences, which is what uh, G's new band is called. <laughs> let's, uh, let's have a look at some uh, little tweets. Boys, never leave us again, says Rachel. Brilliant show so far. It was good, wasn't it? Pimple Popper Lady, Samantha from Birkenhead, says Russell, we know you love the pimple popping. We have watched the earwax removal. Have you, have you watched earwax removal? That's another level altogether. We'll check that out. It sounds bloody revolting to me, love, but we'll uh, we'll check it. We'll check it, won't we? Use a candle or something, can't they? Sort of, it pulls it out yeah I, I had a go at that yeah, I don't think it's legit candling candling because I think that that wax is coming out of the candle to tell you the absolute truth because <laughs> 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 uh, you melt a candle down your lug seas and it's meant to create pressure and suck out the old waxy woo but I don't buy it I don't buy it mate we, we were just as long as the wax that come out it, well, I it's it's earwax coloured, carrotsy, orangey. But I, I I dissected the candle later and I found some gubbins within it. Ah. It's like a coiled up honeycomb. <laughs> curiously enough, as a matter of fact. So, <clears throat> coming in. What do you mean, yurts? You want to talk about something? I'm talking about you? yurts. I went. B. I don't like the term glamping as a survival man. <laughs> <laughs> so why why is it why is it relevant? Were you glamping? Well, it was glamping, but how I... glamp was it? It was amazing. There's a place in Kent, right? I'm sort of loath to tell everyone about it because then it'll get really booked up. Go on. But it's called Barefoot Yurts. I went there. They give you not a freebie. No, I went there as a member of the public. (laughs) (laughs) Do drink divinity teas. (laughs) Um, No, I went there normally. Just I didn't try and blag anything. 
Honest. Yeah. And uh, I, it you was amazing. You in one yurt? You and your no, two kids? You get t- well, you sleep in one. You get two yurts. One's your sort of living room yurt, mm. and the other one's the bedroom yurt. What's a yurt? A yurt is a sort made of, out of leather. Cir- big circuit. Leather? Yep, leather tin. Get out. It's <laughs> Would not. have been in the old days. No, it wouldn't. When the word was invented, and I know about language, mate. That's a lot of animals to kill to make a big yurt. They're huge. Yeah, it's sort of a canvasy material. But anyway, they're, um, I think they're from Mongolia or something. They're sort of on planes and stuff. Mm. But like, they're a bit like what we would have had in this country, sort of roundhouses, because they're sort of big and round, and they have a fire in them, mm. right? Which sounds dangerous, but it's a wood burner thing. Mm. It's amazing. Chopping wood... Did you feel like you were back to nature, did you, mate? I absolutely Because I could see did. you've got that glow of the woods about you. Oh, yeah. Like I loved a woodsman. it. I loved it. Did, I bet you did made all sorts of little errors and blunders. I no. bet you were crying out for a manicure on day two, weren't you? Yep. Go on, what happened? There's a composting toilet. What does that mean? You just go to the toilet and you throw sawdust in there. Mm. And it's great, honestly. But anyway, barefoot yurts, right? Stop, keep saying the name, because I... I, 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 I promised I the lady you... I'd promote it. No. You've been promoting <laughs> that actor... Oh, Sam West? Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, why not consider Sam West when you're casting the child? <laughs> I mean, he's an adult man and he's a very fine actor. I just was actually... No, like, I don't mean Sam West. I mean oh, that bloke. Ira Aldridge. Yeah, down the globe. Get down that yeah. globe and see Ira Aldridge. Well, I don't think it's on the globe, actually. It's on somewhere else, but it's on the globe website. But anyway, Ira I, I, it's made me, it's renewed my vigour to live outside in some capacity. How are you going to do this, Matthew, mate? We... Oh. are going to go somewhere and try and survive there. <laughs> Me and you, and G also, trying to survive in the woods. He's very welcome. He can bring his band. I, can, I struggle to survive in natural society. I've seen you struggle to feed yourself in a fully stocked kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> what to do? How can we turn these raw base materials into food? No, what is a rice crispy? I don't know how to cook this. It says it on the box. No, oh, no, no. 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 It's a trick, don't you But see? no, I think it'd be good. Just, you know, like going... But anyway, yurts. Well, people are crying yurts out to the halfway step where you've still got a shower, you've still got a toilet, there's a kitchen there. I see. But it's like methadone for civilization. It's like it helps you to methods. get off of civilization. This is from Paul. Hi, Russ, Matt and G. I wanted to get in touch with you to first offer you love and appreciation. Thank you. Secondly, to see if you might be interested in the offer of a free, free tent. I've recently begun working with an amazing company called Tentsile who make and sell tree tents. They're tents that are suspended between free trees. Yeah, but that could... You've got, what about the geometry, where the trees are and how far apart they are? Keeping you off the ground, hello, in pure comfort. I am more than aware idea. of how often Matt has longed for the perks of freebies. I'd like to give over two of our tent-style connect tree tents to you. Big love from Paul. Yeah, we'll take them. So we'll you, take them. You'll, I'll always, take that. you'll always need three trees. That's, That's fine. Right. You, there's, look, there's ropes. The woods. There's ropes, obviously, on the look thing. At Matt miming ropes, everyone. He's slinging his uh, hands uh, out like a pitiful fade tie, Jesus. The, like one a of the trees could be quite Christ. far away. <laughs> but honestly, you get and you, you want to be hurts. off the ground, guys. That's survival basics. <laughs> get straight off the ground. Elevate. I don't think you should get one of those tents unless you're going to come with me and do it properly. Because you'll just get slung in your massive cavern of free stuff you don't even care about. <laughs> Throw it in the cavern with Alex Salmond. <laughs> Alex Salmond and I was in the bogs a little bit moment ago, weren't we, Matt? Oh, we were talking... All pos- three of us were, and I got out of there. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about politics, weren't we, Matt? Oi, Matt. 
me and old, yeah. old leader of the Scottish National Party, me and his old... Ex-leader. He went, uh, he goes, uh, yeah, well, he's, he's, pretty, he's further from power than ever before after that chat, let me tell you. I've given him a good old dowsing in the old brand muck. He, he goes, uh, like, he goes, um, oh, it's always been the same with the nation. I said, yeah, but I, goes, you know, I said about the rise of national, Scottish nationalism, it's very a good progressive thing. and regressive nationalism. Yes, I said, it's a difficult... He goes, yes, but it's always been the same. I goes, not really, mate, only since the the, wed, uh, the advent of the Westphalian Treaty. Then I was out of there, mate. <laughs> I was out of there. <laughs> Mic drop on Westphalian Treaty. Google it, kids, yeah? Learn about Westphalia before it's too bloody see. late. Oh, Alex, I'll come on your show. Oh, I like your little Scottish pin badge. Oh, oh I'm English! I hit them too. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, that badge you've got on your lapel, that's like Braveheart's face. Can I have a cuddle, please? Let's show Let's get our bodies out. We'll never surrender. We'll did never you, bloody surrender. Did you notice who he looks quite a lot like? Go on. Tony Hancock. Uh, he does look like Hancock. He's got the same face. That right. The bloody English. They're all over us. <laughs> he is very Hancocky, isn't he? His hair's different, but he's got a Tony Hancock face. Mmm. He's got he's a Hancock Actually, face. Very nice. That's probably why I liked him. I did like him, and I will go on his radio show if that's what it takes. If that's what it takes to get some peace and quiet. Oh, I'd love one of those tents. I just want to say that. I don't want this to just get forgotten. Don't drink Adagio teas. Don't drink Adagio teas. I've moved don't on from them. Adagio teas. Dirty stinking wee wee. Oh, we've got some underwear here. Teas. Do drink the teas. Do we want to talk teas. about Delicious. the underwear that we've been sent? What do you mean we? I've not been anywhere near it. It's for you. Well, why the hell is it in your hands with because your they fingers me. thumbing around they its crotch? It's called Sheath, which mm. isn't... Don't giggle. <laughs> I'm not it's giggling. A, I mean, it's a nice name, Sheath. Porno mag word, like girth and sheath. Um, Gubbins. It's got... Body It's got porridge. an internal structure which holds your... I've been told to use medical terms because that's better than using any sort of, like... Kinky boots terms. Yeah. Penis and testicles. <laughs> it holds your penis and testicles, does it? Your penis goes in one place, your mm. testicles go in another place, yeah, and everyone's what? happy. Everything's supported and dry and nice. What do you mean Sheath dry? Why would it be any drier? Why is it even going to be you wet? You might be all sweaty. No, thank you, mate. Not me, mate. I'm dry as a bone. Dry as a bone. <laughs> we'll, we'll, arid. Arid. We'll test these pants. We'll test it. You've, you've tested those pants to the limit. I saw you fumbling around. It looks like an indoor balaclava, that little pink hole for the winky look, blue. I mean, the, the hole for the winky that makes... You, puts you under a lot of pressure. Makes you think, blimey. <laughs> I wouldn't dare look at it without watching Dr Pimple Popper for <laughs> half an hour before I put my pants on. <laughs> Get myself in the mood. This is Melissa. Hi, Russell. I listen to your show every week and to your Under the Skin podcast. I'm wondering, why is it that... You and Matt, underlined, always eat when you're live on air. Don't you have time to eat before or after the show? Also, how come it's usually bananas and eggs? It's rather off-putting. Oh. Now, I think the reason it is banana and eggs is because, of precisely because we have forever wandering mentally towards the genital region. No, we're not. We have I a don't... pair of eggs and a banana <laughs> every week. And a you pair of sheath pants. <laughs> That's sheath pants. <laughs> sheath pants. Clammy. <laughs> Stinky old sheath patch. <laughs> um, when she said together, banana and Groin eggs. gammon. Right? When she said that, banana, banana and eggs, eggs. It makes you go, yeah, but yeah. one of the nicest things you can ever eat. His fingers up, ladies and gentlemen. It's a banana like pancake. Out. Listen to this, right? <laughs> one banana, one egg. That's the ratio. 
One banana, one egg. Mash it all together. Oh. Fry it. It's a banana-y pancake. Oh, it, no. It's honestly delicious. Sweet and savoury. Why are you so evangelical It's not sweet and savoury. It's just meaningless pure sweet. rubbish. The banana become honestly, banana and egg. Banana, egg. My family live on them. <laughs> Your poor family, in a tent, gathered around a fire, with all of you in sex pants, <laughs> eating a banana and egg. I've got, I, I'm concerned honestly, about kids the love Morgans. Them. It's delicious. Are they little cocoa? See, they're enjoying it, are they? It's a treat. In our house. <laughs> in our house. Oh, God bless you, you weirdo. Well, look, we'll it's stop eating weird. on here. It's nice. We've not, it's, it's weird. We've not had anything to eat, have we? Like no, on we haven't show. actually. We've been pretty good. But the reason is because we race here mm. without time to eat and then you get hungry. And it's two hours long. You've got to eat. That's a long time to go. You've got to eat, darling. You've got to have something. That's Nanny's medicine. That's Nanny's tablets. Things have gone wrong with Nanny. How sure? Have you still got your bum bag with migraine tablets in? Yeah, where is it? I had that? a migraine for the first time in ten years what, the other you got day. The, you got the blurry vision? Oh, went completely blind. It was in the middle of the night. I hadn't gotten to bed yet. Why hadn't you got to bed yet? Because I was staying up. Oh, but what's weird is, I was watching mm. old videos of, like, Alice in Chains, Hull, Nirvana, I don't know why, it was just, like, Pearl Jam. Nostalgia. Old, yeah, nostalgia. And nostalgia, then I got a migraine like I used to get when I used to be 15. You hypnotised yourself back into your 15-year-old state. You've brought it all up again. Because my worst time for migraines was adolescence. That's when they came on, puberty. Yeah. And then that was the worst time. I used to get them sometimes that would last 24 hours. And it's yeah. got progressively better. But as you know, I've never fully left adolescence. I've always remained quite puckish, quite... Quite chirpy, quite silly, quite childish. Well, immigrant, because it's a, uh, and I'm not, oh, I'm not God. sponsored by. <laughs> oh my God, people with migraines. I'm trying to help You're like them. A Formula One driver's coat, you. Scrubbing <laughs> 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 logos. Immigrant works. Like it gets it. it dilates the blood vessels. I have special on. ones. I have special ones. I went and see an expert, and do you know what that expert They've said They've got immigrant, and they took it out of the box. Now I freeze. And then they were right. special medicine for Russell. All right, mate. All right, mate. Look at this then. Here's my little... Right, here's all my migraine tablets, right? Here they are. Rattle, rattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's one's in its special box. That's the in special... Now, see, there's a con, a little uh, concoction of three different tablets. I take each time. Let me see three these. Are they different colours? Because I think that's just Cinder. Right, now, there is one Nurofen in there. That's just there as a backup. So don't... Like, these are all special pills. Yeah. That's Nanny's special pills. Don't you muddle them. That looks suspicious. These, like, immigrant, that big one. <laughs> don't you muddle that up, dear. Because without that, I've got nothing... That's Nanny's program. Jenny, why are you shaking your head? Jenny, who for a while worked as my assistant, that better not be immigrant. Nanny better not be fobbed <laughs> off with over-the-counter well medicines. She does look you're guilty. Just, it's all over-the-counter stuff for you, mate. No, no, these are special. These are special, look at this, was hand-carved, this <laughs> tablet. You see that? Oh, lovely Indonesian design on this. Look at that, a Maori tattoo on each half of the capsule. But I'll tell you something, mate. When How I often do you get one? Blessedly, Lord, only once a month. And uh, I, when I when I s only once Sounds a month, like these menstruate. Days. Oh, well, men do have a hormonal cycle. Of course we do. We're made out of hormones. We're connected to the earth. We're all part of an ecosystem. What is evolution other than the inner life and the external life in interaction, mutating through re reaction to environment? Now, listen. When Take I went these back before I could lose them. When I saw that expert, the expert, he said to me, that expert. You've got the least severe migraines of anyone I've ever had to talk to here in my proper surgery. Really? Yeah, you've got the least I've bad ones. I've always suspected they weren't bad, because when you've had them, you just go, I've got a migraine, and then you carry on, whereas I used to have to go and lay in a dark room. Yeah, but you've always been a bit of a coward, a bit of a poltroon. I reckon a if I, he met me, he'd 
it weep. <laughs> described. It feels to me, it feels like an axe <laughs> or an iron spike is in my head. No, mate. He says What's that yours? his proper client is just like a sort of a, a, like a ladybird landed on your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, down I go. <laughs> oh, if you're going to land there, couldn't you put on some little lock boots right on the front of the brain box? No, he says the people he sees, they have one every this single a, day. This is a two ladybirder. <laughs> <laughs> Fly away home. Fly away home. Your house is on fire. Your children are gone. No, mine are bad, but he says the proper bad people, they have one every day. Like well, that, day. you've got to look at what's They're very severe. It. But if I take my special medicines quick enough, I'm right as rain. Oh, listen to this. I got some <laughs> dark chocolate. I got into dark chocolate. Why? Because I got some free from oh, that no. MMA's <laughs> event. Listen. She got into it. I don't, I like not to waste things. Mm. So I carved it all up. <laughs> no, I, I started eating dark chocolate and I was yeah. like, this is amazing. I always hated dark chocolate. It's like a punishment as a kid if you got dark chocolate. Might as well have dog's chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> or dog food it was just grim but anyway started eating it and got really into it then got addicted to it then one night I ate a whole bar of it and had red wine that's when the migraine of course happened. it is the migraine they're the classic migraine foods they're the triggers you were playing with the triggers my man Ryan says someone mentioned Wade's World at the start of the show Matt like Garth in the bit where with all the product placement oh yeah Matt you're Garth <laughs> <laughs> Laura I Mark. haven't I haven't placed any products apart from a certain pair of pants. You keep placing them. It's and the yurts, which piece. is run by a lady who's Stop very nice. Stop going on about it's the yurts. It's corporate thing, man. Did she give you a discount? Did you start no, shuffling around? I did I can tell from you're wrinkling your forehead. In fact, I used more wood than I was meant to. That's why I don't listen, love. Give us access to them logs. I'll mention you. I'm, the, I'm, a, I'm a goonish sidekick <laughs> on a minor radio station. On a banana pancake, I'll just knock one up there. Yeah, I'll come on there. grimish like that. Can I recommend, says Laura Marr from Derby, a close-up paw strip video? Derby. It's like watching fat, bold little gerbils being pulled out of perfectly sized pink dens. What? Well, I'm going to read that again because that was you brilliant. You said Derby. <laughs> this is Laura Marr from Derby. She go, can I recommend close-up paw strip videos? It's like watching fat, bald little gerbils being pulled out of perfectly sized pink dens. Really satisfying and only a little bit sexual. Laura, I don't know what it is you're doing, but you're wasted. Now, coming up, we're going to have Rob Drummond, who's a linguist. Lost words, he's uncovering them. Ooh. Just language lying around under pebbles in your mind. But before we get to Rob Drummond, we are going to be listening to something that I think is going to amuse you and undermine your views of the world. It's by a conceptual artist that I call Gingham. Radio X. Russell Brand. Radio X. Couldn't be more correct. This is Radio X. I am Russell Brand. Not a truer word spoken there. This is off my dad, Ron Brand. <laughs> Musicians for the Homeless today, 11am to 8pm, Mile End Stadium, Burdett Road, E3, 4HL, Alan McGee, judging the best bands. Please announce in capitals and in a separate text, I will be there supporting Small Kiss from his Dad, my dad, I'm me, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there you go, go and see that. Musicians for the homeless. Me and Matt have gone one step further and actually been friends with musicians that are homeless. So if it's philanthropy you're looking for, look to us, me and Matt. What about, for example, Harmonica Matt? What oh, a darling fella yes. he was. He was wonderful. There's something wrong with my baby, there's something, something wrong, wrong with me. me. He played that down a mouthful, well he played 
He plays an apple. He, I think he cleaned up his act a bit, and he's was in a band. Yeah, he was three in a band. of them. We saw him, and he was wearing spats and had like. Yeah. He was, he's a talented musician. But he was a bit. He was unusual, wasn't he? Mental-wise, yes. in the old mental health department. Yeah, yeah. and he. Yeah, and he was a bit unusual. Didn't we bring him in somewhere, and he did something strange? Went to a party, and you were, and you, he had been sick. <laughs> <laughs> everyone kept saying that he's been sick and you were going no he's not he loves watsits he smells of watsits <laughs> that's just watsits he's just beating eating that's watsits. watsits that's watsits he just smells of watsits he just mushrooms are made of nikes he smells of watsits mushrooms are made of nikes watsits watsits we've got lots of stuff to talk about firstly I'm um, promoting that thing aren't I go and see that thing about Ira Aldridge go on the Globe's website it's on a Tuesday night We've given away all the tickets for me doing Shakespeare Wednesday 11am in Waterloo d down at the, that national rehearsal space. So you can't come that now. So hang it? on, what is what's the end point of that Shakespeare thing? I don't know. Except like, hopefully I'll have this hour-long show where I'll like read a monologue from Shakespeare, and then you sort of discuss the monologue. Imagine. Yeah. I'll what, using all Tony's stuff that he told you? I'll get all Tony's gubbins and I'll splash <laughs> it about myself like brute on Boxing Day morning. I'll, uh, yeah, no, I suppose, like, well, um, what the point is, or the way through the piece is, like, that Shakespeare discovered new psychological techniques territory and his work is so multivalent that whoever you are you could find monologues and pieces of text in there that would tell the story of your life like Caliban's argument with Prospero in The Tempest where like one of Shakespeare's later works where he distills everything down to we're on an island like you know selfhood and sovereignty like, I suppose what it is is uh, like that he's dealing in archetypes so if you talk about sovereignty meaning not not meaning literally you're the king of a country meaning that you are the sovereign of yourself which i suppose means coming home to yourself knowing yourself rather than living in external worlds living in the illusion anyway like so the argument between caliban and prospero really can be used for the uh, any adolescent argument because it's like when you first come here you was nice to me now you treat me well bad i hate you i hate you it's like it's got that energy in it but obviously uh -huh. written in amazing dialogue and it is actually good that we've got a linguist on now because Shakespeare is laden with language that we no longer understand but if you take the time to decode it it's like so particular and specific I read this Ted Hughes poem the other day about a fox and like even though it's sort of like using you know oh, I, 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 I sent it to you yeah. didn't I even though it's like using quite simple words like uh, like he says something like the lilac London sort of the dirty lilac London sky like he uses all words that you know but like because he's I suppose a poet he is able to conjure and encode different states and, and Shakespeare Invented yeah, he invented words. words. He? The yeah. word, the word assassin was invented by Shakespeare. Landscape. Yeah. That's the only one. Do you reckon he did, or maybe he nicked it off someone else? We're using stuck it in, in the street. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Assassin. Maybe. Around the docks. Yeah. I thought assassin was a Middle Eastern word. Hashashin. Oh, I was. Hashashin. Hashashin. <laughs> Sounds like a racist word when you say it from the from oh. the east. Hashashin. <laughs> or like a. <laughs> well, anyway, none of us is a linguist, <laughs> but I tell you, is Rob Drummond? Are you there, Rob Drummond? Um, yes, I am. Hello. All right, mate. We've teed you up quite nicely there, haven't we, by going on about yeah, language. Yeah, yeah and very good. Thank you, thank you. And you, uh, uh, you're an expert. You're a senior lecturer at Manchester Metropolitan University. Now, what is this project you've got to uh, to to resurrect dead uh, terms and bits of lingo? Well, that project, that that project, the research was done at well, not my university. That was done at University of York. Mm. But I'm involved kind of talking about it only because I'm interested in, in the way language changes uh, over time. So some of these, so some of these words is quite, quite interesting to me and, uh, and other people involved in this kind of uh, linguistics about how language sort of changes and new words come into, come into being and old words disappear. Why this, do you, this what? thing is trying to get words back in, I think. 
Why is it interesting to you, the, the, the mutation of language? What do you think it indicates? Well, it, it just shows how it's, it's, it, it, it never stands still. And people have this idea that language, there's a kind of a fixed idea of language and there's a, there's a proper way of speaking and the words mean certain things and the, and the meaning doesn't change. And it, it changes. It's totally, it, it's evolving all the time. And so all these different words have slightly different meanings and then they become, and they can almost, some of them can change meaning so much that they don't mean what they meant in the first place. And then people get upset because they think certain words mean certain things. And so, um, and so yeah, they, 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 they don't like this. What's and an I'm, example I'm of that, Rob Drummond? What's an example of the mutation of language causing people to get upset? Can you think of an obvious contemporary yeah, example? People, people get upset with words like literally. Mm. When, uh, you know, cause oh, yeah. these days you can use literally to, you know, people say, you know, my li I literally, my head exploded. Yeah, they just mean like for that. emphasis. And then someone's going to say, exactly, someone's going to say, really? No, it didn't literally explode because you're saying it now and your whole head would not be here if that had happened, right? So, but you're exactly. saying that we should accept that literature literally now means emphatically. It, it, it kind of means the opposite of what it, yeah, it, it, it means it's kind of figuratively, that kind of figurative meaning is fine. And the same with, I don't know, same with words like, um, I don't um Decimate is a good one. Have you, have you, have you, have you hear somebody use the word decimate? Then, I thought decimate you know, means destroy. What does it mean? One in, one in, one ten. in ten. One in ten. Oh, there you go. One, one in ten. So, so, decimate. But, well, it, but that's the thing. Someone's Matt and G both know. They got so well, excited. Actually, <laughs> actually, does it mean destroy or does it mean only a tenth, you know, reduced by a tenth? Completely decimated. So if people are using a word in a certain way, then, then that's what it means. That's so brilliant. Everyone understands that meaning. That's, that's what it means. The mutability of meaning, because there's a kind of power in that, I suppose, is, is it there, mate? Because it's like, it, it, it's just who determines what words mean. Exactly, and that's, 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 why, that's why kind of I get quite annoyed about it. It's just the people who are correcting other people, they're not really doing it for the benefit of the other person. They're mm. doing it to, to, to sound important, as if they know what's, what's best. And it goes with everything in terms of how things maybe things maybe should be pronounced. There's a, they, they have this idea, or or it comes to punctuation. People get very upset about apostrophes and things like that. Robert, I've thought of something but, so clever that I can hardly yeah. contain <laughs> myself. Oh, I'm almost going to do a blow off <laughs> at my excitement <laughs> and my own cleverness. Would you say then? <clears throat> hold on, let me just do this like I've just thought of it. Even I have only just thought of it, but I want to like say it like I'm blasé about it. Robert. And I might call you Professor. Can I call you Professor as well? To yeah, that'd be good. I could, yeah. Professor, would you say that what we're discussing here is a com kind of a communicative colonialism, where language itself is colonised to, to maintain uh, the, the hierarchies and the status quo? That was it. That was oh, it then. I would say exactly right. that. Come on, mate. Communicative colloquialism, that language itself is something that can be colonised. That's a good th point. Matt, don't think my point's clever enough. I think it's very clever. That's exactly what's happening. It's a huge power thing. Language is a huge <laughs> power thing going on. <laughs> and it's the people, it's the people who have the, the, the power in any society that their, their way of speaking is seen as the standard, the seen yes. as the authority. And, and that's, it, that's the way it is in, in, in say, in, our, in Britain, we have this idea of a standard English, even just the, the kind of the idea of a BBC English and a standard English, a standard way of doing something. It's only by chance that that's, it's based on the, the kind of southeast version of English. You're right. If, if, the if Queen's the English, England, it talks about sovereignty. Even the phrase the Queen's exactly. English, I, I, implicit in that is the idea that the way that language is used by the powerful is the way that language should be used. And, yeah, I got exactly. so excited about that that on Facebook Live, if you want to look at it, I actually got my breasts out. 
my my breasts, my male chest. I got it right out and revealed it to the Facebook camera. David Foster Wallace writes this brilliant uh, essay when when he was doing a review of a grammar uh, compendium, and he said in it that about how like that we unknowingly speak dialects, and if you don't know that, then uh, picture this scene: a white man in his fifties goes up to a group of teenagers hanging outside a mall and go, "Yo, yo, yo, what's up? What's up? What's up?" It's like a immediately irks you to think of that image because there are myriad dialects within English that are unacknowledged. And is this to do with the mutability of languages to do with Creole, Pidgin uh, and dialect, isn't it? That's the, exactly. It's, it's, all of those, it's all of those things. Every social group has their own way of speaking and it's purely by chance that the, the, the group of people in power will, you know, if the, the power in, in England has traditionally been in kind of London, Cambridge, Oxford... That's, so that, the kind of middle and upper classes of that place, that's what's seen as standard English. But it's absolutely right that different groups of people should be speaking in different ways. And so the whole idea, because I work a lot with, with uh, young people uh, in, in Manchester, and, um, and we, talk about, we talk about their language, and they speak very differently to, to me and to you and to, to other people, but there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with their language. Their language is just as good, it's just different. And so, so all these people who kind of criticise the way, the way they're speaking the way young people in, in London are speaking as well. And you'll get some people who try and improve their English. They'll come in and say, right, we need to get young people speaking better, speaking properly. <laughs> and so they'll teach them to speak properly and they'll teach them these long words. And that, that's, that's, not, that's not the way to do it. What, what we need to teach people is how to speak appropriately in different situations. Oh, I see, so I absolutely see. absolutely right. You, you hear these young people speaking in their kind of street slang on the street. That's how they should be speaking there. When they go into a job interview, they should be speaking in a different way. Lo and behold, all the young people I work with, and these are young people who have been excluded from school and, you know, permanent mm. exclusions, when they get in, put in front of somebody for a job interview or a college interview, lo and behold, they speak, they speak well. They, they, everyone's perfectly capable of switching their language depending on the context. That's the, that's the process we need to improve. You know, everyone can do it, but we can always be better at it. But what we shouldn't be doing is just telling people you, you speak badly, the way you speak is wrong, mm. speak like me, speak properly, that's that's not right that's uh, that's that's taking people taking language away from its context that's language a brilliant that's a brilliant context. project because I, I suppose the point of communication is to create community is it like but people like to use language to demonstrate separateness and demonstrate power but if they're like if if the primary function of language is so that you know what it's like to be me this is what i feel like and do you feel that way and can we create connections between one another that's a sort of a very is a very beautiful project that i think you're facilitating there i did uh, know that that was your uh, work when we started this conversation. Uh, yeah. I thought we'd have you on to use to talk about things like ninny nanny yeah. and ninky nog. <laughs> I find myself watching a well, lot that's of. Good as well. Yeah, that's that good is good as well. It's just Why? a bit different. Yeah. Well, it's, it's nice. To, it's, it's interesting to see how, how old words kind of can be brought back because some of them some of them describe the same things we experience now. But I guess my interest in that is the way is why some words have gone out of fashion. And again, I think that would come back to to which group of society has the power if a certain group if we have lot in english we have lots of words that meaning the same thing mm. but if a particular group of people are using a particular word and that's the group that's in favor and has a bit of power a bit of prestige then the words they use become kind of more socially acceptable and the other ones maybe from the, the kind of the lower classes or the less popular the less influential group of people the words they use are the ones that, that start to disappear so when you when you start to have any project that 
maybe looks at, at bringing words back in is possibly giving giving a bit of power back to, to the people who didn't have it before. I think that's uh, that's really, really brilliant. Now, to drag it down a few rungs, sure. uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, In the Night Garden lately for because yeah. I've got a baby. And like, the yeah. baby watches In the Night Garden, so I have to find ways of making sense of it. Oh, it's quite hard work. I mean, like, have you seen it? I remember those days. I, I, it, it's a few years ago, so my youngest is, is ten, but like, used to, yeah, the Ninky Nonk. The Ninky Nonk in particular time. is troubling me. Yeah. And the, but like, the Ninky Nonk, like, what I think is interesting is when the Ninky Nonk appears, it goes, oh no, the Ninky Nonk. Like, why? Why, oh no? We need the Ninky yeah. Nonk to travel through the night garden. So I think it's yeah. because the Ninky Nonk is a bit chaotic. Like, <laughs> the Ninky Nonk, the train, or That's, the flying yeah, the, the thing? The it's the train. The right. flying thing's what's the going Pinky Pong. Between the, the, um, <laughs> Sorry. the Ponty Pines and the Wattingers. Is it the Wattingers? The Ponty Pines and the Wattingers. What, yeah. They're always in relationship. Well, they live I think they're the little wooden things that live Yeah, the, po the Ponty Pines are the little, little things. Yeah. They confuse me. I don't remember why, but I remember being confused. Well, they are confusing because they're in a semi-detached and we never see who lives next door to them and presumably it's a blue version of them because they no, wear is. red the blues trim. And reds live well, the next blues door. come out sometimes. Yeah, they oh, do. I've not watched enough. The blues come out. Yes. I know they basically look the same, same as the... Same thing. They do exactly that stuff. Thing, yeah. They're weirdos, all of them, everyone in there. But I think, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's, important. It's almost like it's designed to make you wonder what it's all about, but I don't think it's about anything. Well, that's we've got we've got to crack it. We've got to crack the codes of language. And I suppose it's very good to have you on it because we are talking about language a lot. We're also talking about power a lot, and I feel feel like I want to know more from you, Rob Drummond. What can we come on? This is an uh, an audible medium. That's what we're going for anyway. We're hoping people are listening. So, uh, like, uh, what can you leave us with by way of uh, something to cling to? Some linguistic fishhook right through the eyelid to, to cling to us forevermore. What should we think about Rob Drummond when it comes to language and words? I think we should think about the fact that we all have we all have an accent and a dialect. Everyone who says, you know, oh, I don't really have an accent, or everyone has an accent and a dialect, and the way we speak is just as valid as the way anybody else speaks. It's all to do with power. It's all to do with power. We've learned an important lesson there. By the way, Rob Drummond, when you're, like, working with, uh, like me, say I go and do something where I talk to some kids, yeah, so as I talk to kids, I really struggle yeah. to cling on to my own actual accent. I try and talk yeah. in a way that they all like. Do you do that or not? I do, and it's, it's a little bit embarrassing. And, uh, <laughs> I've had recordings, I've had recordings, I'll, I'll record these conversations and then I'll have to transcribe them or I'll, I'll ask one of my uh, postgraduate students to, to help me transcribe them. And she'll, I remember once she comes and says, what, what are you doing, Rob? Why, why, why are you suddenly sounding like a gangster? <laughs> and, uh, so it's, it's, it, yeah. It's it's good in, in a little bit. It's good, that's a good... Brat, we brat, should, brat, should, brat. Language is a powerful yeah. tool. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's good. It's good to kind of accommodate a little bit to the person you're speaking to, but it can get a little bit over the top. <laughs> That's a good lesson, Rob Drummond. Thanks for coming on. We learned a lot from that. No then, worries. cheers, mate. Thanks, Rob. Right. I remember you said you worked with those kids and you said score and they yeah. didn't to score as in buy drugs. Yeah, they didn't use that. Term. Why do you keep saying score to impress us? <laughs> you there, old man Moses. <laughs> that was terribly embarrassing. But didn't they say that they don't even... That's not even they, the they term. They didn't know what it meant. That, yeah. They didn't know what you meant. That don't mean nothing no more, except it means 20 but quid, as it always did. It clung on to that meaning. But we, we, we've all got our own slang from our own time period. Yeah. I mean, it just moves on. And yeah. then... Because kids... 
when they speak, they they don't want to be understood by people outside that's their the own. Point yeah, that's the exclusion. point of language is exclusion and yeah. inclusion. Grimming slang. The minute you understand it, the minute you understand grime slang, well, it has to it. move on. Yeah, it's got to, <laughs> got to move on. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. I like that component of it. Because say, like, Danny Dyer, who people uh, like sometimes like uh, take the mickey out of how he talks, I think he's really a beautiful... He uses slang really beautifully. Mm. It's really colourful and impactful, the way that Danny Dyer talks. So, I, I think it's weird when you get to the point where rhyming slang... You're taking longer to say something because you're using rhyming slang. Because it's not efficient. <laughs> yeah, like it lacks Right around the houses to make sure you sound really cockney. Yeah, I do like that as well. Oh, no, you're saying you don't like that. I don't like that, <laughs> for the record. Now, here... The, you, one thing you will understand is who's in charge. It's this guy, nude as the day, wearing a pair of pants, drinking a Daggio tea. It's Matt Advert. Minions, with Sky Broadband Super Fast, you can do all your favourite things, well, super fast. You can stream, swipe, like, play, post, pin, poke, tag, add, tweet and TikTok. <gasps> speedy. Sky Broadband Super Fast is super speedy and so reliable, we guarantee your speed or money back. It's minion proof. Sky, believe in better. Sky Fibre Aries only. Speeds vary by location. Average download speed 59 megabits per second. Speed measured to hub must drop below min download speed for three consecutive days. One month subscription refund. Claim up to twice in min term after first fortnight. See sky.com. Russell Brand Radio. X. Hello, darling. I really love you. That linguist expert has given me a real boost. <laughs> now, finally, I know what I'm doing. I loved him, Rob Drummond. He was fantastic, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, was, that was interesting. Match points, match points. Here are, Here match are my points. points. What's match points, everyone? It's a new item where Matt does his points. What are your points, darling? The word idiot. Oh, yeah, uh, what does it mean? Saying like it id. It be a medical term. Yeah. Right. Okay. I don't know where it came from, like, in terms of the root of the term, the etymology. When did you leave school? What? When did you leave school? Probably about then. Yes. Get him out of here! The, uh, no, there was um, a home, well, it was a mental hospital. It was called the London Home for Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't laugh, but it would have been nice there. I mean, but it sounds funny in retrospect now. Could smile about it now, but at the time it was terrible. But like, that, um, also, you used to be able to pay a farthing or something, and they'd yeah, let you go have in a look there. around Bedlam. Yeah, and like, go look at the idiots. That's what you Like, do. poke them through the bars, and they'd be on straw, a bit of bed of straw, and you could poke them. And I think there's yeah. a special room where you could have it off with one if you wanted. No, that's just <laughs> your little fantasy. Well, if that is true, just send me the details, and then we'll travel through time to Bethlehem Hospital. I mean, it's awfully cruel, isn't it, to mm. go back to, to poke an idiot through but the bars. But also, people used to be put in there for getting pregnant before they were married and stuff like that. Oh, so they'd no, go mad not... in there. They weren't mad. Look, see, they're crying and banging their head against the bars, <laughs> saying, where is the justice? Where is the justice? I only fell in love. <laughs> mad, if you ask me. So they used to go around and give money to the best ones so they'd play up. Oh. They used to think, like, oh, give that one a sixpence. I love what she's doing with her sick. Poo-poo <laughs> <laughs> like as a hat! <laughs> <laughs> There's a halfpenny for your You're brilliant. It's the most novel madness. This is basically what I've been doing for the last decade. <laughs> <clears throat> I've noticed, though, the Americanization of our language. I mean, I'm married to an American, so I say garbage and stuff like that. Do right? you? Well, no, I say diaper, because that's what... Oh. The children know that Come word. On. If I said to change your nappy, they'd just look at me and think... You say sneakers. Don't, 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 don't say sneakers. Don't say sneakers. I will not say sneakers. Thank God. No, I say... You say Z or Z? Z. Thank God. Still Z. But like... No, Still but there's things like the trash. I do say take trash out. Oh. Because that's... I'm Your told house to. is a house of treachery. And anyway... A little vestibule I of tree people go, treachery. People Kent. never used to say, like, 
Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good. That's American. Yeah. People say that now. People go, yeah, I'm all right. That's what people yeah, say. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm going to go... What about I'm going to go ahead and ask you to leave now, Mr. Brand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and ask you to put bit. that down, Mr. Brand. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's necessary. Anyway, I, I've noticed a creeping Americanisation. The creeping and Americanisation of our... The language. Country, of our well, lingo. I, suppose, I remember, like, when everyone used to watch Neighbours and Home and Away, there was a bit of a... You know, people started... Shut using... up, you dag! <laughs> <laughs> How rude, you great galah. <laughs> Here's some tweets by Jove. Will sick eventually mean unwell, says an anonymous person. Well, yes. gay. Look at the word gay. Gay's been on a hell of a journey. Good, bad, good, bad, good, 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 bad. I mean, it's like a sort of a binary word. I, I like, a, you know, exposing on prejudicial attitudes to homosexuality. Which it's starting off meaning happy. Then good gay, then bad gay. Look, I'm still, well, I'm using it for homosexual in a positive way. That's yeah. how I'm using it right now. When I lived in the NYC and worked at the Rockefeller, someone asked me to learn to speak American. I died that day, Amy Haycock. But, and she's even used language brilliantly by saying she died that day, which she can't have done because she's written this tweet to us. <laughs> you see? When I, um... We have to, because of Rob Drummond, we've got to accept it. We've got to take it on the chin. <laughs> I took Cohen to Legoland yesterday, right? How and was it, mate? Because... It's, it's but when I first got there, right, there's a view across Windsor, and to, you can see London, you can see oh. it's an amazing view. Mm -hmm. And like, I was saying, to this oh, isn't look, the Lego. Look. No, it's nothing to do with Lego, mate. That's the this actual is a London real view. And Cohen says, "Not me, Lego." Oh, look, they've got the distance here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I know. Oh, but he was like, "It, it was the, the bit distance. where we just arrived." I was like, no, "They got this. They've got this." Because look, they've got the distance here. <laughs> Like, oh, he was oh. so happy. Yeah. It Did it go well, Legoland? It was all right. Yeah, it was good. Um, What's the best bit? Uh, what was the best bit? I mean, there's... What is it? Just Lego stuff? No, there's like it's like a theme park. And but the theme like is stuff Lego. The theme is Lego, yeah. And there's rooms where you can do Lego, but there's also like roller coaster type stuff. For me, Legoland sounds like, get off, land! Lego! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it does get a bit like that in the afternoon. <laughs> Been there for a few hours. No, it's, Take one's false turn. It was good. It was good. Mm. I like it. You should go. I want to. I got it's not to. Far I will. Where your house is. I'll probably go Legoland. Yeah, why not? Beekeeper, it's better. I mean, are we going to go to a bear cum bee bear bum? Excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> bear what? bum beekeeper at this hour of the day? Yes. I mean, just do this. Think if we wrapped everything up. Ira, yeah. I've plugged the hell out of Ira Aldridge, haven't I? Without prejudice. Oh, what happened to that political cartoonist who was going to do a picture? Oh, he did it! And we're yeah. in it! We're in the background! Oh, oh yeah. I want to see that. And your face, mate, fat as house. I know, but it is in real life now. No, I no, to, even, I worse. even worse. Even worse? Wait a minute. What about when it was... You look lovely. Was it my birthday and you sent me a... You sent me a text. Yeah. And it was like, happy birthday, blah, blah, blah. And then it said, my, my twisted reflection... Or something. You said, uh, my, my twisted my, reflection. My, my brother, my twisted reflection, text. my soulmate. Yeah, yeah. where you'll find my it. Horrific fairground mirror self. That's what Hey, said. wait a second, because if it's plugging we're doing, my book is out this oh, week. Recovery. No, you should buy it, especially if you've got something wrong with you or you're not normal, if you're insane in the membrane, or if you're just trying to find a way to, to meaning in this peculiar upside down, inside out, balmy old time of confusion and illusion. Old Russ, he'll hold you by the hand and guide you through the Lego land of meaning, brick by brick, unpicking. Get the yellow ones in the proper pile. Get the red ones in the proper pile. The ones with wheels on. What I like... Oh yeah, that's so funny. When I was hanging out with, I was hanging out with Noel's kids and my nephews <laughs> at, um, at my wedding, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Like, they goes, um, 
Like, like, there's a field of corn. We was wandering off in a field of corn. Don't bog me down with details. <laughs> like that. I was wandering through a field of corn with them, and like one of them goes, "I won't eat. I don't eat corn on a cob way." And he goes, "Because it looks like Lego men's heads." <laughs> oh, that's so right. It is, isn't it? It's like a load of Lego men's heads, and then not to eat it on the basis because of that Lego men. I ain't eating that load of old Lego men's heads. It says <laughs> this text you sent me calls describes me as your warped reflection. No, nah, my warped reflection. But anyway, yeah, no. that's how it could have been. I want to see the picture. I want to see what he's yeah, done. I could just as easily be your warped reflection against prejudice. A celebration of Ira Aldridge, Tuesday, nineteenth of September, seven thirty p.m. The Globe. Go there and learn. And that. Oh yeah, there's that. So uh, and what about our man? What was his name? Who done that for us? Brian Adcock. Brian, Brian Adcock, Adcock, the nicest man we've ever spoke. Loveliest man that's ever been on this show. I'm changing he, language. He uh, he done a he done a cartoon, and it's the world fighting Trump. And I think it was you, Matt, that said the Mayweather fight with um, Conor McGregor would fight be in the, the consciousness. Century is the title. Fight of the century, and he's done it. It's Donald Trump with tiny fists and boobaloos fighting against old Mother Earth. And in the background, he sent me. Yeah, in the background is me with my great big noshers. Rowan Atkinson for some reason. What's Rowan Atkinson in there? I'm wearing a rasta hat. No, that's G, and you're the fat head, aren't oh, you? And Noel Gallagher's funny. in the background. See Noel Gallagher? Yeah, no, but he's... That's Noel Gallagher. That looks like Mr. Like, um, Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> oh, why are the Ku Klux Klan on Donald Trump's side? Come over, lads! Come on our side! What kind of clan are you? Sloppy sods. All right, so this is almost the end of this radio show, and we I... We didn't talk it... about your wedding, but we'll talk about the next one. Well, yeah, because what Noel will be there, and luckily oh, it's pretty cool. Noel Gallagher's yeah. coming. Right, so next week's going to be a brilliant show. We've got the world's first human cyborg. Imagine that. Well, he's not a human cyborg, he's a cyborg. I mean, that's the point of cyborgs, isn't he? He's not a cat cyborg, is he now? We're going to have... Who else are we having on? Some ever, like, Noel's coming on. Who else? Oh, come on. Um, didn't you say there's another good guest? Little Ross Island. Oh, that island. We are, like, I've told you for ages we're going to save the world, and finally we're actually starting to do it. We're going to get an island, we're going to live on that island in sort of, I'm going to say communism, in inverted commas, because it's communism where someone's up the top of the lighthouse. That someone <laughs> is old Russ, shining down the light and examining your lives. And we'll be talking about how we're going to acquire that island next week. But to summarise, uh, but ladies and gentlemen, I do overreach myself, because before... Before we have next week's show, we should summarise this week's show. And what better way to summarise it than in the mouth and form of a treacherous traitor <laughs> who sneaks off to be in a band with Huey <laughs> out of a fun-loving criminals and some lads from Leeds. It's Mr G, Poet Laureate of the show. Here he is. Woo! Okay, this poem's called The Language of Rhythm. It appears that we left you ice rink cold where only a snowman could flow, trying to maintain Shakespearean integrity that linguistically functions on the low. Radio X forms the pulse as our mental pimples creep to form a splash, showering ore like a fire hydrant speaking into the rhythm of the gash. We may as well be coyote kamikaze simply howling at the moon, with the glow of the woods about us lest our glands they get removed. This is a warped reflection of a show, for where should our idiotic words go? But there's no point in asking me, this poem expired ten seconds ago. Yes, G! Oh. Yes, G, that's G from the recent past, broadcasting live ten seconds ago on radio. We're too deadly to be in the moment. Well, it's going to be 
difficult to survive until next week without us. I know that. But you lot just hold on to each other. You mental defectives, you dinglings, you idiots, stand shoulder to shoulder and stare into the face of what we call reality, knowing that you're riding on chaos. Know that infinite possibilities are simultaneously occurring and that we can create new dreams, new myths, new glories, new gods. God lives on in your consciousness. God is your consciousness. And recovery is twelve ninety nine. <laughs> a self-help book accessible to all. Coming up after this, it's old smart, but we stand among giants here, don't we? I mean, okay. how many Ofcom warnings has Radio X had? Molesy must have had one. Vaughan must have had a few. Johnny Vaughan, I've given him an Ofcom warning in the corridors. <laughs> Johnny, back off. Put that dog on a lead. But coming up next, another one of the colossi of the Radio X corridors. It's Gordon Smart. He knows where them bodies are buried. We all wait for that autobiography. The great Gordon Smart. Scotland's own eyelashes to... Oh, I'd like to rest on them like a hammock. Got anything to say, Matt, before we wrap up? Just goodbye. goodbye. That's all he wants to say. Listen, remember to listen to our podcast. Tell your friends if you have any, you shut-ins, you dinglings, you nuts. Stop calling them that. <laughs> Is it upsetting them? Yeah. I don't know. It would upset me. <laughs> well, I was talking to you, most of all. All right, then. Well, adverts, adverts. That's what keeps us on the payroll. Adverts, adverts. Wait, wait, wait. Adverts, adverts. Radio X. Russell Brand. Well, uh, other than G's... Lovely poem. I think that was a frantic, sprawling, stinking, wretched, dirty little mess. And I don't know what you are all thinking. Well, I mean, I, I liked him, Rob Drennan, the linguist, didn't you? Yeah, I liked him. We didn't really get into the... So that was sort of ori- originally about the sort of words that have died. Yeah. Yeah, we can still do that. We can do that on our own. There was words like jazz hammer and stink biscuits, weren't there? Kind of. <laughs> My nan took it's got a stink biscuit up it. You know, I've got this amazing book, actually. I'll bring it in, right? It's uh, it's called Something, Something and the Madness of Crowds. And it's about how, like, things can go crazy. And, you know, there was, like, f- like massive scares in, like, the 1800s about stupid stuff. There's it? also some really silly stuff. You know that thing where you put your thumb to your nose and wiggle your fingers? Yeah. Like, that actually, Thumb your nose at someone. Yeah, that was invented and became a craze around London, and it was banned, and people would just go... <laughs> like, people would kick open the door of a pub and go in and go... He's <laughs> <laughs> done it again! He's yeah. done the nose! Oh, I love the sound of that. Thanks very much, Neil. What's that book? I'll Lost. bring it in. I want to. I want to find that. Let's revive old thumb nosing. It actually yeah, got banned because people got too into yeah, it. Yeah, and there was also there's amazing things in there because like you imagine like in London when there was no media apart from like town criers or like newspapers, yeah. but like not really. No one pa- read parchments. It. Yeah, it wasn't like everyone knew what was going on. Yeah, you could just make up all sorts. There was of mad things like mad bits of culture would come up. Like there was I can't remember what the word is, but say it was like boobaloo, like we used to say, right? Great word. Actually, so, sexist, don't and it, think about it. Someone would just at night go boom, boom, and then someone else would shout it, and it would like spread across until the police had to sort of stop, stop, stop it. Yeah. Honestly, in London, like but years people ago, would just succumb to silliness. Yeah, and there, because... but it would become a huge thing. Like the book also talks about how like there was mad fears would you know like fear like i can't remember but like there was the things that were hysteria has taken london they believe that there's a yellow devil called jack sprig old stink boots yeah you do that mate and old stink boots he was spied around old alban but it would get to the point of like 
questions raised in Parliament type. Ah, this jank stink boots must be stopped, sir. Ah, if the honourable gentleman persists with the idea that there is a jank stink boots, I'd like to look at his own shoes, sir. His own. Ah, boo. Yeah, but I mean, it shows still, you how that does happen in in mad. Maybe it's still happening, but like instead of people shouting boo baloo out of which never happened except for when we did it, like <laughs> like instead of that, it's like it's uh, the Pokemon thing, you know, like yeah. a craze. You know, people walking into the front of roads and walking off cliffs looking for Pokemon gym and stuff you know we're still yeah, like the craze for fidget spinners and oh, things yeah. like that right the raw material of consciousness is still the same like something happens and something resonates and chimes and then there's a sort of little window where it might go and become a craze I love that because but what I do like is the spirit when it's somehow infused with the spirit of silliness because like that's yeah. the point of mischief isn't it mischief is like this disruptive agent can get in the room and suddenly people are kicking open pub doors and thumbing their nose at drinkers yeah, yeah, yeah. to the point where it's like oh, we've got this kid out of hand now <laughs> we can't run the country under these conditions and that's why I sort of you know when I did news night and all that like the uh, the thing is is that the, a lot of the alliances you make are around the sort of sincerity but I like the element of it that's like up your bum I like the silliness component is like you don't want to lose that I remember at like Glastonbury and places like that when it was like two in the morning everyone's in their tents someone would shout out Les Dennis and then somebody else (laughs) would shout out another weird choice of celebrity and it would go on for quite a long time and it was really funny Barbara (laughs) Windsor (laughs) things like that it would just go keep shagging (laughs) but but you could hear it going for quite far that's joyous and what it was joyous as well is because there was a shared culture a shared thing do you know what I mean everyone Zamo yeah, and at the right time, there'd be a pause, and then at the right time, the perfect name would be shouted, and it would be I love amazingly funny. Because what that inf- is infers is that there's a sort of a common collective experience of being yeah, a person, yeah. and you can demonstrate that profoundly through poetry or art, yeah. or you can demonstrate it stupidly by Still mentioning... black! Gripper! Mine are all from Grange Hill. Oh. I didn't watch a lot of telly. Ah, them were the days. Well, anyway, so he was good, Rob Drummond. Lost words Bring that book in, it's very interesting. Yeah, 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 bring that book. I want to learn about It's called Extraordinary Delusions and the Mad Popular... I can't remember. Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. Because I think we could use that to start up a lot of bother, and I'd love to do that. Nickham, a cheating or dishonest person. Here, you're a Nickham, mate. Peacock eyes to behave like a peacock. Rousey Bowsy, boisterously drunk. That's my favourite so far. Rousey Bowsy last night. <laughs> I'm afraid I got a bit rousy Bowsy. <laughs> my girlfriend told me that people use blowsy as a, oh no, blozzy as a as a blowjob. A blozzy. I got a quick blozzy in the box. A knee trembler, it was once called. Shiner. Well. I had a knee trembler. Well, a knee trembler was a shiner for yeah. black eye. Grape Street in London. A shiner, shiner for, for a blowjob. Street. What was? Grapes. What's now Grape Street over there? Mm. It was once called Grope Cunt Street. Well, that's not a nice name, is it? Grope Cunt Lane or something. That's got to be stamped out, hasn't <laughs> What's it? What's wrong with that? Postcode wars, isn't it? It's a bit cheeky. <laughs> Excuse me, would you show me the way to uh, Grope Cunt Lane? Why? Why are you going there? What exactly? Oh, nothing. <laughs> no, my aunt lives there. Oh, with your own aunt. No, no. <laughs> I've got to deliver a letter. I don't know if it was officially called that, but I think it was. I'm going to do a political joke now. I bet uh, that Donald <laughs> Trump's, he would go down grope, yeah? <laughs> we'll need Donald Trump's because yeah, of... By the pussy. How yeah. do you feel about that? Because I've got to be honest, you know, like, locker room chat, like he oh, said. Yeah, like, like, when bloke blokes room. say things like that, 
Like when those blokes were sacked from uh, Sky Sports talking about football, when they were going, oh, yeah, hanging out the back of her and all that stuff, right? <laughs> Richard Keyes. You know? Was it? I don't know. I don't it know just shows you what the dominant culture is in a way. And, and and I think it depends who does it a little bit. Like Donald Trump, like there's something about him that does well, seem to sing like, with misogyny. Yes, no, of course. But like there's a tragic sort of like, yeah, I can do whatever I like, just go up to him, grab him by the pussy. Sounds like a, like. A, a bit brag. like in Step Brothers when Will Ferrell was like, hey, one summer, get so much pussy, had to ice my balls. And it's like a schoolboy boasting. Like yeah, yeah. But Donald Trump's never done that, that of was course. The context, it was a context jam, wasn't it, in a way, yeah. because li- it literally was taken from the context of a different time. But because ne- like, because I think there is a demand that the person that occupies that office, does the, of President of the United States, doesn't press particular, should we call them buttons? Yeah. Doesn't press particular buttons, doesn't set off oh, certain God, alarms. Yes. Like, when you take inside chat and bring it outside, yeah. as we know, yeah. it just it, it uh, just takes on a different meaning, a different context. Yeah. yeah. That is about context, but and, and I suppose but like uh, one can quite understand why feminists would find Oh God, that. I mean it's, yeah, he's yeah. not pre- he's not presidential in any way in that shows, obviously. Yeah. But like who hasn't said things like I remember at the time, my wife was like, women say things like that it, but to I don't their think friends. we have to look to the controversial figure of Donald Trump to sort of necessarily, like, because I think there are examples of, well, gosh, in a certain context, perhaps that is a permissible thing to say. But like, I, I suppose I feel cautious even in a subject like this because I like I feel more comfortable saying I don't I, like, you know, both Donald Trump and Jacob Rees-Mogg, I sort of feel like from the perspective of, I sort of enjoy someone in public saying such mad stuff. Yeah. But if you ask me about like my opinion on what food banks is or uh, non-consensual touch of other people, then I've got my opinion on that is a serious opinion that's pretty yeah, bland. Yeah. Don't do those also, things. Also, I suppose like, if you're a woman, if you use a food bank, then it's not yeah. so funny. I right, right. It's then, just yeah. amusing because it's just you think, can't say that. Yeah. That's what's funny about it, because that's what comedy does a lot. And it also, it? for me, like the thing we were talking about a moment ago about yeah. chaos, about like, you know, that mad book of people shouting out, well, hello, in the dead of night. Like, <laughs> that, there's something about that that I find a bit funny. And then when, like, the world seems so, gosh, what do I want to say, homogenous and tedious, and like, oh, now it's this politician and that politician, yeah. that when Jacob Rees-Mogg turns up on a sofa going, well, no, so he seems like he's playing a kind of game. And I think yeah. this is curious that someone's doing this now. But, what, but what, when that game has a direct impact on your life, then it stops being funny. Yeah, always. When, you, when you're one step removed from anything, then yeah. it's like, oh, well, it's, it's that. And you can contextualise it and say, well, it's comedy. But when yeah. it's impacted upon you then it's like okay this is some serious things now. yeah of course and that's a, that's a, that's a difficult thing because anyone that's offended by something like although I've heard comedians say a lot of times well why is it the person that's offended like you know that, and obviously they're not using examples around quite serious subjects like sexual assault or you know breathtaking poverty but like if you know, like say like a lot of contemporary stand-ups would say well you know like in the context of being a stand-up comedian in a theatre like you've come there, you've bought yeah, a ticket, yeah. you're in it. Like you know, like there's things I've heard comedians that I really like say that if you'll go, what mate? Hold on a second, like, you'd go, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think would... as well, it's like we're talking about, like the shouting out names of people we all know off the telly in a rand, like making yeah, that's you laugh. Amazing. If you've, if you're a comedian doing that in a theatre, 
by saying the shocking thing where people go, oh, you can't say that. The shared, oh, you can't say that is enforcing the fact that this is out. This is on the edge of what we're allowed to say. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, if, if it was flippantly said in a sort of by a newsreader, you go, that's offensive. But when it com- the context of a comedian yeah. saying it. Yes. And I think to further contextualise it, I think one of the points that's being made is look at the things we should be offended by that are just passing us yeah, by. Yeah, yeah. We're like, you know, that in creating that kind of disruption and, and that kind of embrace of chaos and a certain kind of madness, a giddiness that can come through mischief and joy, you're saying, that no one is questioning the fact that this arms deal is happening, that that trade tariff yeah, is yeah. being set up, that power is being supported in this particular way. That, you know, like we're sort of going to talk to someone under the skin like that in a week or two. What's his name? The, the anarchist guy, Jen? Khan Ross. And this guy, Khan Ross, is like about, he goes like the, you know, anarchy, like a proper uh, analysis of anarchy yeah. is, you know, like anarchy is not chaos. Anarchy is people having direct control where possible over their lives and not power, not being mm. a, an inaccessible structure. And he says, in proper anarchy, people govern their own communities. People go, right, well, we, the people in the borough of Barnet, we want to spend this much money on hospitals. We want to spend that on police. We don't want road signs that do that. Sometimes you would find that libertine policy making it through. Sometimes things that we would previously have thought of as quite socialist making it through. In fact, these categories themselves can be impediments, you know, and I think that what we've got now, whether it's on a sort of identity politics or uh, on the level of, you know, sort of previous party politics, is people start to say, well, I don't see myself as defined by that yeah, in that like way the left, anymore. Right, like, that's so obviously binary, but it's like, who falls on, you know, like, it's, it's almost like you see it in America now, like the left and the right, the Antifa, Antifa, how you say that, and the right wing, mm. they're starting it's sort of starting to like civil war levels of hatred of mm. people who you are the same sort of social class as or whatever, that they can't that it's like it gets it's like narrativized into like the left and the right. It's now yeah. it's too, and also it's too simplistic a division. But that's, that's indicative of a division and it's just a case of just just pick your side. Pick My your person. side. That's pick, when things go pick really your side, wrong. Pick your flag and then just see what happens. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. That, people yeah, yeah, people yeah, yeah. can't take, you know, there's a multitude of messages and there's a multitude of opinions and we've got certain opinions in the morning which you might not have in the afternoon, certain opinions in the afternoon which, you know, we're, we're growing through this journey of life Yeah, and we can't take all that. And so when someone comes along and just goes, a plus B equals C, we just go, oh, okay, cool. yeah, all right, cool. I think what it points to is that we're at a level of complexity because there is the capacity for global communication now and we are primates that are designed to live in communities of 70 to 120 people. And now, so there are people that have got p- opinions and views that you just think, I don't agree with that. And I think that probably what's required is a series of anarchic confederacies of letting people live in self-governing communities of 50 to 100, whether those are geographical communities, which would be bloody easier, or other forms of of community and letting people have independence within their community. If people want to have some sort of extreme religious view or some extreme kind of social or sexual view, let them have it within that community as long as they don't interfere with what other communities have. Because at this point, looking at the world as some one global state, well, what do we do if someone wants to follow Catholic doctrine or Islamic doctrine yeah, or but then if you, trans, but, you know, like whatever, wherever people fall on this scale, we're at the point where just people fight can't the one next another. to them when they went, oh, we believe this, they believe something else. And there would just be a series of little wars going on. Well, I think a lot of these yeah. conflicts are being, I think, engineered and amplified. And like, when when I think about xenophobia or sort of racism or like you know anti-immigrant type stories mm. that are stories that really impe- affect people's lives on both sides, on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, uh, like I, I think like 
Do you think, mate, that your life's going to really be any different if that statue stays up or comes down? What's actually going on with your life that's going to be? It's a symbol, literally and obviously. So what is the, this is a kind of a return to pragmatism, even though people that are from what you'd, you know, my sort of political bent or my spiritual bent, you think of as airy-fairy type people. I think actually what should be, things should be governed by a kind of absolute pragmatism of like, well, what is your life about? What do you need? What is it that you yeah. need? You probably want a job and more peace of mind and more leisure time. It's not going to be affected by the statue. Beekeeper sits bare bum on beehive to pay for wedding. Two men in New Zealand, Matt and G, have hit the headlines after one of them offered the other a grand to sit on a swarm of bees. Aurel Braguta offered his pal Jamie Granger the money to take a sit down on an open beehive, betting he couldn't take the pain for 30 seconds. But Jamie rose to the challenge and said, whilst it was painful, it was the easiest money he'd ever earned. I like the idea of it being the easiest money you've ever earned, sitting on a bee. I mean, it's, what? Why has the other beekeeper got a grand to give away? Well, I, mean, I think he's a gambling addict, is what it sounds like yeah. to me. Was also, the, the, the end, he Your says, well, zap. there's no harm in what we do. It says, like, what about he, the he paid him to eat a slug. Yeah, well, it's not great for the slug, is it? They We challenged each other to eat a dead rat, and the boys just said no. And then at the end, it says, there's no harm in what we do. We care about bees, and the job is important to us. We're a professional company <laughs> who work with bees on a daily basis. He just puts bare bum on a beehive. <laughs> <laughs> That's the height of unprofessionalism. Once your bare bum is on a beehive, your claim to being a professional is being So he says, oh, you shouldn't do that at home unless you're used mm. to bees. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he stuck his bum on them and got stung all over his bum. So it's not like, see, if I didn't know what I was doing, then uh, obviously I'd be dead by now <laughs> instead of a hugely <laughs> yeah. inflamed bees bum. Bees aren't going to know that you're good at beekeeping. But like, I've been stung by bees quite a lot lately, and it's, it's, not, really? it's quite nice. It's not nice. I've <laughs> <laughs> like never been stung by a bee. Oh, come on, mate. What have you been doing with your life? I got stung by a wasp once. It landed on my neck and my mum went, and pointed at it. Like to go, look, look, and I went, what? And looked down, squashed it. And that stung oh, it. The irony was that was the thing that made it sting me. Mm, that is literal irony there, Matt. It didn't feel That's that bad. That's literal irony, because if you had just said, wasp, brother wasp, I grant you freedom to cross mine gullet like Queen Mab. I didn't say he could, and I looked down to see what my mum was pointing at, but... But bees are Do worse, you, aren't they? Are you a bit angry thing? with your mum that she didn't communicate more clearly? Matthew, I was at the time. A wasp but on your neck, very slowly, she, yeah. flick it away using this gesture. Yes, if she See, this is that. another one of my brilliant techniques. If someone's got uh, a bogey on their nose and you're chatting to them, how I don't embarrass them is one of my techniques. I go... Yeah, mate, you just got something there. And then I do what they need to do to myself. Yeah, mate, you just got something there. You just do that to them. And then they do it. The bogey in the nostril or on the nose. I've not embarrassed them in any way, even if it's sleep on the eye. Yeah, mate. You just need to go like that. I show them what they have to do so you don't have to go on a long journey of, no, up a bit, back a bit. You've spread it now. It's even worse. (laughs) Is this a dry bogey on the outside of the nose? Yeah, in this case, it's a dry... You haven't got one. It's a dry bogey. Say it's on the the mouth of the snout. Alex Salmond. I was in the lavvy of Alex. Yeah, mate, you want to move that from there because you don't want to embarrass the person. And because my just a minute technique has been working wonders ever. Like (laughs) it's still, I just think it's one of the greatest bit of social engineering. Still don't understand it in any way. Just a minute. No, no problem. It's a time limit, and then they'll come back. Just a minute. You can take it again. I'm in here. Someone's in oh, here. Oh, what little old you? What are you doing in there? Got your little willy out? Did little it? Did little it? Is your body relaxed yet? And also, this, well, if someone's got dry, well, so if someone's got a bogey in their nostril, yep. right? Then I'll you go. I'd leave that. That's oh, not my right. business. Okay. 
That's so this is like business. something's on their face. Yeah, say they've had like, a cup of foaming coffee and right. they've got a little bit of on their nose and they're Who being quite serious. What if it's hanging out and, he, and every time they breathe, it's going... <gasps> so it's oh, yeah, then he has to time it. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and a one, two, three, and a grab, two, four, and a but step, ball change. So you don't touch them. You touch yourself in the... You do the when exact thing they need to you, do. I touch myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I touch myself to show them what they should do. Yeah, why don't you do that? Go on, mate. But what if they... What, so you, what, you don't, how do you introduce it? I go, yeah, look, you just need yeah, to mate, do just that. Yeah, mate, just go like that. I don't want the person embarrassed. I don't want them to feel that that whole time... not say anything talking. then. No, that's, that's disloyal. That is disloyal. You don't leave someone hanging. Yeah, that's true, yeah. It's, it's, it's bad. Like, it's well, so these are friends or are these just... Anyone you want to feel comfortable and relaxed in the world. Now, if you're enjoying the idea that they might be unrun, let them just have it there. Let them have it there. Why don't we have a great... Like, so you know, if you, what if it's like someone with BO? You go, yeah, mate, just wash <laughs> under here and then clean yourself and have yeah. a shower. Now, pull the skin back. Now, get right under there. <laughs> I call that Rumpers Ridge. Get a little ear, bud. Go under there. Now, look at that. Look at this. A little yellow slug. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't go to... I mean, there's certain things people can't do about anything about. Like, oh, yeah, you can't go up to people. Oh, no, that you well, I don't know. Have, have you ever in your life gone to someone, mate, your breath? You've got to that because yes. when I was 16, someone told me, like, it was Rene Zaga, who used to be Mike the Runner in Grange Hill, went to me, mate, you've got to have a bath now, mate. <laughs> 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 and I went and had a bath straight away, yeah, mate. I'm... Russ, I go, why do I swear? Go, you do a bit, mate. He said it like that. I quite liked how he said it. My son once said to me in the morning, I went in his bedroom and I was like, you're all right, and I was laying on his bed talking to him. He looked all puzzled, like looked at me like sort of confused. He went, your voice smells. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> but it hurt my feelings a bit. It's embarrassing, isn't it, to have a stink it's, voice? Even from your own son. Yeah, I know. What are we going to do with these kids? All right, well, don't do that to bees. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I hope you're happy now. Are you? Tell now we any one of you that can get and can prove that you've got ten friends. That's right, ten friends. Well done. Now, if you can prove you've got ten friends to download our podcast, we will allow you to stand behind a glass panel and be waved at by us. Now, now you just send us. It's called Russell's Ten Friend Challenge. Now, you just send us to us at Radio X at Radio X. Russell at Radio X, at Radio X, Russell at Radio X.co.uk. Just email us there. It's called the 10 Friend Challenge. If you can prove you've got 10 friends, then that's the 10 Friend what, Challenge. To download the podcast. You've got to download and subscribe and subscribe. subscribe. Where are we in the chart? Do we not talk about that anymore? Because uh, we've not done one for a few weeks, we've gone down a bit. We've got to get up to the charts. Let's, Let's try and get us there. But it Let's works strange. There. Let's bring it back up. Right. So you get 10 friends. That we'll, be, we'll bring you behind a glass panel. And we'll see you behind that glass panel. Also, if you've got any problems, any problems at all, the glass panel. Glass enough. panel. I've got a glass panel. Oh, they could go in that aquarium, Matt, in the great studio. In there. Can't they? Uh, lean on the glass thing? and fall out until that's the square. They could. It's a squeeze. It's a squeeze. You can, we can right, have someone fi- can go in there. Five. Now you've got to prove that you've got ten people. Now, unless you do something exceptional, like look, I've got a hundred people, and here's my proof. You've got to show their photograph. Well, of let's their just say the person thing. who gets the most. Yeah. Now, come on, let's get a few people. Let's get a man. It. Oh, all right, that's a super... Pro- yeah, all right. If then you can get 10 get people, to, yeah, you're allowed someone in. someone might get 500 people. If you can get 500, you are, you don't even have to go behind the glass panel. You can come right in here with me. Do you can show. touch my that's chair. Give you you a can piggyback. be in charge. You can have it. Um, <laughs> if you can get to 1,000 people, subscribers, Matt will give you a, a massage. Are you good at massage? Yeah, I'm really good, actually. What makes you... Go on, then. Do us a little bit on my shoulders. No. 
He can't even prove it, can he? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the one that's the winner, you get to come in here. But if you get 10, you'll be behind a glass panel. Now, remember to send this it to already so Russell. convoluted. No. <laughs> Sounds like no. Hang on, 11, right? Okay, you can put one hand out of the glass room. It's <laughs> <laughs> just too much. Just now, say, whoever gets the most can come into the studio. No, because you're not, that's, that's too exclusive. It's not. Come on, I want to see everyone, the glass Everyone panel. will aim as high as they can. Because people oh, you are capitalist pig! You capitalist pig! Oh, what's that? Making people have ten friends. What if someone's only got two friends? They're not going to do very well. That's in the this most context. they can do. <laughs> they could just do it to people in the street. They could just go to people in the street, strangers. Film yourself doing it and send it to at Russell. No, wait, Russell at RadioX.co.uk or send it to at RadioX or even me at Rusty Rockets and we will invite you in here. You'll be under glass panel. Now you know the album cover, Dark Side of the Moon. You'll be. You'll be separated through a prism and you'll come out as all different strands of light. It's going to be lovely for you. Come on, what's wrong with you? And my book's out, Recovery. Go and order it online now because I'm determined to make a success of myself in life. Is there a concern that the... um What's that mean? Everything's flashing red. Everything flashed red when I mentioned my book. Got, got, <laughs> the book's a hit! You've got a 10-minute warning it, for a Vader nuclear attack. Like it. Oh, is it, um, does it worry the publishers that you're, the audience is limited to people who might be addicts? That's a serious question. Uh, yes, yeah, so you have to make sure that people know that it's not just for addicts, it's for uh, anyone who's who... not perfect. So that, you know, anyone that's could everyone. work it. In fact, that's part of it's the clever. point. See? Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. What a brilliant campaign we're running. Yeah, it's to create awareness. So sort of multiple different uh, sort of marketing techniques. So you go, hey, are you a real serious addict? You need to read this book. Hey, you're just a normal guy. Actually, I'd like those guys serious over addicts, there. I think they need, like, this is just a bit of a window to a world of potential different way of living. It's more for people that are vaguely dissatisfied. It's like a self-help book that's impactful because there is actually stuff to do. It's not just, why yeah, don't you yeah. try cheering up? It's like, write down this, write down that, go and do that, do this. It's very instructive. It's actually very, very practical. It is very good, I've read. It's worked for me. I used to be a drug addict, as you know. I don't know if I've mentioned it. No, you haven't. You saw that day I took those drugs. Awful morning. So... Okay, well, that's the end of this podcast. The studio lights are going mad now. It's like it's like being in that prism from Dark Sides yeah. of the Moon. Light what is, is splitting and refracting. It's absolute chaos, but that's what we offer you. Subscribe to our podcast, buy that book, pre-order it, or just buy it and read it. If you are a thief, you could steal it. Or if, if you're not a thief, you could try to steal it. Thank you very much. We love you. We've always loved you. We will continue to love you. <laughs> Chaz and Dave. This, this is... is. Radio X. Russell Brand.